CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We got to remind everybody and thank the following unions for helping bring back the Ben Jarofsky Show. First up, it's the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8 the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, a Local 150. A giant thank you to those unions for jumping on board and helping bring back the Ben Jarofsky Show. And, of course, today's program is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Wednesday, July 31st. And live from the Chicago Sun-Times, Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's all things last night's debate with legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson, gardening guru and host of the Mike Nobach Show, Mike Nobach. And it's the return of director of the Black Harvest Film Festival, our dear friend, the one, the only, Sergio Mims. And now your host, John Delaney's biggest fan, <laughs> Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Take a Stand Wednesday. And here's why. I thought you were going to call it I Was Wrong Wednesday. Well, That's I'm going to take... Look at the brain on Brad stealing my next line. Folks, <laughs> Dr. D is correct. I have a confession to make and a confession I will make. I was wrong. Okay? Once again, Leah, I told you this. My predictions never turn out right. I predicted Rom would lose in 2015. I think that was just wishful thinking. Anyway, I was wrong, wrong, wrong in my prediction last night. I predicted, if you recall, that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, who represent the two like lefties in the, the uh, in the debate, uh, the lefty wing of the Democratic Party, like the Ben wing of the Democratic Party, would duke it out. I thought they would like fight it out to see which one is more lefty than the other one. That's what I said. Remember, D, I'm not going to rewrite history like all those other guys. Well, I was right. If you don't listen to the things I said, nope, I was wrong. Instead, they linked arms. I was, I gotta say, I was impressed. And they defended their values. They didn't attack each other. They defended the values they shared, democratic values, like for one thing, health care for all as a human right, as opposed to a way for businesses to make money. All right. Speaking of Dennis's favorite, John Delaney. Oh. Uh, <laughs> those are fighting words. No, that show. was you. Who, first thing this morning, man, John Delaney, <laughs> mother beep. Okay. Get us to the studio, yeah. please. Yeah, I drove. That's a long story. I had a poor Dr. D's been with me all morning. I've been driving him from here to there. Anyway, where was I? Watching the debate. 
really impressed with uh, how Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders did not run away from what they believe in, uh, did not shy away from confrontation on the issues, did not water down or dilute or move to the center or do all the things that like sort of the Rahm Emanuel's of the world are always advising Democrats to do, which is to act more Republican in the hopes that Republicans will join uh, your ranks and vote for you. It hasn't worked ever in the entire history of the world, except for in 1992 when Billy Clinton did it and won. But guess what? There was a third party candidate in the race who took all the votes from George Herbert Walker Bush. Democrats already, always always forget the Ross Perot fact. And then Democrats will tell you, uh, Ben, you know, uh, technically uh, Ross Perot took more votes, took votes from Clinton too. No, he didn't. You know, he, di- he didn't. You just want to believe in that stuff. Anyway, I was really impressed uh, with they, the way they stood arm in arm and uh, took a stand on something. And if you can't, if you cannot support health care as a universal right, why do you even call yourself a Democrat? That's how I view it. And Elizabeth Warren and uh, Bernie Sanders made the same point last night. So good for them. But you know something, Dean? I have to say something. I think maybe <laughs> the best point of the night. Oh, this is going to kill me to say it. Oh, Mayor Pete. Well, you could say it a little louder. Mayor Pete. One more time. <laughs> Mayor Pete. Got to give him credit. He had a good line. Uh, Mayor Pete. I'm not a huge Pete Buttigieg fan, as everybody knows. And if you want to know why, I urge everybody to check out what Henry Davis had to say on the show. And he came on. We interviewed him. And he's, uh, he ran against Mayor Pete in 2015. And he talks about a lot of the issues facing folks in South Bend. And I don't think Mayor Pete was a very forceful mayor when it came to dealing with the inequities between white and black residents in South Bend. I'm just saying that, okay? And, and listeners, you can't see it. Our viewers on the live stream, you can't see it. But there's a dartboard over here in the corner. <laughs> Mayor Pete's picture is right in the middle of it. He just throws dartboard. I actually think uh, if I had to choose between Mayor Pete and John Delaney, I would vote for Mayor Pete in a heartbeat. Oh, okay? that's why John Delaney's <laughs> picture's now on the dartboard. Come on, John Delaney. You should be running the Republican primary. Why? Who said that on the sh- You told me some... Uh, uh, what's his name? Huckabee? Um, Huckabee. Mike Huckabee. Mike said. Huckabee, and I agree on something. Oh, hell, that guy should be on uh, the other party's <laughs> debates. Is that your Mike Huckabee? I guess so. <laughs> Sounds like your dad. Uh, uh, or Uncle Eldon. That's, That's Uncle like. Eldon. Um, anyway, so uh, I got to admit, Mayor Pete, here's a shout out to you, Mayor Pete. Good point. And at one point, I think I can't remember which uh, like wimpy Democrat it was. Was John Delaney or Hickenlooper? I can't remember which one. The ones are like afraid of their shadow Democrats. Said they're going to call us socialists <laughs> if we don't move to the right. They're going to call us socialists. And Mayor Pete said, "Let's give the guy credit." Mayor Pete said, "They're going to call you socialists anyway." Okay, and and see, here's the deal. One of those youngsters up there. It may have been Delaney that we keep making this mistake. We go to the left. That's what happened with Walter Mondale and George McGovern and uh, Mike Dukakis. Dude, you didn't even live through those years. I lived through them. Yes, McGovern was on the left. But Mondale was like the centrist candidate in that election in 1984. Jesse Jackson. These guys don't even know their history. They're the running as Democrats. Jesse Jackson was the leftist candidate in that race. Dukakis wasn't the leftist candidate in 1988. Jesse Lewis Jackson was the leftist candidate in the race. They just call you socialist anyway. They're go- Delaney, you get the nomination, guess what they're going to call you? A socialist. 
And what do you get? No, I'm not. I create jobs. I fire people. I'm not a socialist. I don't believe in health care for all. I like when rich people make more money. Too much taxes. They're still going to call you a socialist. Look, dude, they're going to call you a socialist. They're going to say mean, nasty things about you. If you're going to go down, you might as well go down standing for something. We got a great show today, everybody. Monroe Anderson will be He's all fired up, D. I talked to him when I was walking to the studio. Man, he's so fired up today. We're going to have to, like, expand the, the room a little bit here just to contain him. Mike Novak. Mike Novak, the gardening expert, he's fired up, too. He wants to talk about climate change and the Democrats and the Republicans, all that good stuff. And, of course, Sergio Mendes will be here about 2.30. I have to tell you, folks, he's with the Black Harvest Film Festival, knows more about movies than anyone alive. Uh, he's also a political geek and junkie like the rest of us. Uh, after the regular show, am I allowed to say this, D? Yeah. The, what, what do you sure, call it? Go ahead. The fourth wall? I'm smashing the fourth wall. Uh, there's going to be three Tarantino geeks in this studio joining me. We're all going to dissect. Yeah. Uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, I can't wait. But in addition to loving Tarantino movies... Uh, I love politics, so we have a whole show of politics, plenty of political talk ahead of us. Before we get to that, the doctor with the news. Not a doctor. All right, <laughs> let's begin with the national news. Yes, last night's Democratic debate. We're just going to get right into it. Ben Jarofsky, Leah. <laughs> By the way, folks, Leah, show the camera that hat. She's got a cool Yeah, one. yeah, it's a Chicago Reader hat. You know, like, like making her take her headphones off and put the head on. Just, just show the hat. Yeah, oh, just. yeah, Ben gave me this hat because everybody has a baseball cap in the studio but me. So. That's right. Yeah, I have one, too. All right. Everybody. She's one of us. Yeah, woo. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. Okay. Now let's get to it. Okay. <laughs> ben Jarofsky. Yes, sir. Well, Leah, <laughs> who was the winner of last night's debate? No ducking and dodging. All right. We'll go to Leah first. Go, Leah. I think Elizabeth Warren, but I I might be biased just because I like her the most, probably. Don't apologize for your answer. Elizabeth Warren, uh, says Leah. Ben Jarofsky, what say you? Ty, Bernie, and Elizabeth. You can't do that. You got to oh. pick a winner. I'm going with, Ty, Eli I'm going with Elizabeth. Going with I'm Elizabeth? going with Elizabeth. She had some great singers. I love Bernie. Uh, $27. That's my imitation of Dennis imitating Bernie. You take 10% of the other 10% and that gives you 10%. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to have to go um, with Elizabeth Warren. Can I say who came inside? Second, or that's not the question. That's not the question. Oh, sorry. Well, I'm going to go Bernie Sanders. I say Bernie won. Oh, he loves Bernie. Well, he did. He had classic moments. Show as well, people your so. Bernie tattoo. Okay, <laughs> let me take my shirt off. I don't have a Bernie tattoo, guys. All right. So Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders seem to be uh, the big winners from it. And the big thing, uh, big takeaway. Ben mentioned it uh, as well. Bernie and Elizabeth stayed together. Yes. They didn't attack each other because boy, CNN was really trying. Oh, were they ever? Uh, Elizabeth. Uh, now I don't know if you knew this, but backstage, uh, Bernie said you were a huge <laughs> jerk. What do you have to say about that? She did not take the bait. No, she did. No, it'd be funny. Or, or worse, uh, they would go. Uh, uh, Bernie, did you know uh, Elizabeth, the lady sitting right next to you, she calls you a jerk all the time. What's your response? Uh. But overall, I would say yeah. uh, CNN did a pretty good job on this debate. Uh, what do you say? Yeah, I, I think they, oh boy, what's his name? 
Oh, uh, with the glasses, Jake Tapper. Yeah, yeah. trouble remembering that name. It's a very easy name. Well, uh, he wrote. I actually wrote a book. He, I mean, I read a book he wrote. How about that? A lot of people don't know this. Jake Tapper wrote a novel. It's a mystery oh. novel. Uh, it's you know spy novel. Anyway, nothing. Uh, but hey, you had that learned look with the glasses. I'd say Sia did an overall good job. They kind of you know kept it going. They uh, you know actually made it a debate with that thing I was talking about. Hey, Bernie, uh, Elizabeth Warren backstage <laughs> said, "Good God, your hair's ugly." What do you have to say about that? Where's your comb, Bernie? No, they did. I thought they did a very effective job. You're absolutely correct. Like, got 20 people on the stage, but when they were asked a question, they focused it on two candidates. So there was that exchange, and then the cameras uh, had, you know, the double shot. Isn't that what they call on the TV? A double shot. Look at you. Uh, these are called cans, D. All right. Oh, shout out to Pat Rod, our buddy Pat. Uh, they're called cans. Good job. Uh, Pat Rod says, Warren won, but only because I think Bernie is the front runner. Her performance was strong, uh, informed, and confident. But I'm still Bernie 21. <laughs> okay. All right. Bernie bros love Bernie. But I, I, I think Elizabeth Warren really had some singers last night. But you got to keep my, 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 Well, we're going to go down the list of cannabis. But I'm, where's my Marion Williamson uh, Kool-Aid here? Oh, oh boy. A lot of, you guys can't see this. A lot of cups with Kool-Aid in it. We're going to find out what flavors those are, those are later today. But once again, shout out to CNN. And hey, uh, the last um, channel that did these debates, MSNBC, take notes. Yeah, really, And next man. time, don't bring this guy. On January 20th, <laughs> 2021, if you are president, okay. uh-huh. what specifically would you do okay. with yeah. the thousands of people okay. who try to reach the United States every day uh-huh. and ready? want Come a better on. life through asylum? Uh, Don't yeah. bring that guy. Who was the one he was asking the question of? Was that Kamala? Yeah, it was Kamala. And she's like, come on, bring the question. I'm ready. I'm ready. Because you're only going to give us one minute. Then you're going to go. <laughs> if you're listening along, be like Pat Rod. Send us a message on the live stream chat or on social media at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. All right, I've decided how we're going to do this with the candidates. I'm going to list each candidate, and we're going to give them a grade. How's All that right. sound? Okay, okay. All right, so first so off, I would assume uh, Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, A? I give A. A, a. yeah. A. A. All right, great. We nipped that one at the bud. Let's get these other fools, huh? <laughs> other losers. All right. Marianne Williamson. You want to go first? A plus plus plus. No, probably not. But I thought she actually said some interesting things. I still think she's really nutty, but uh, she speaks very eloquently. I uh, I'm going to give her an A. And uh, she got there was a column that came out yesterday by a reader writer. A uh, guy writes about music for the reader, Norbertlotsky, and the, I think he wrote it for NBC. It really took her to task uh, for some of the themes and theses that she's put uh, in her books uh, or her self help books. So she she's got people are starting to pay attention to her. Criticism is starting to come out. My guess is other campaigns are sending out uh, you know they're, uh, they they want to uh, dirty her up a little bit because she's getting a little attention. Uh, but when she was on that stage last night, D, and she did that 40 acres and a mule answer to reparations, I was like, right on Marianne Williamson. She just told it direct and straight. Like they were like trying to trip her up. Where did you get that number, <laughs> little lady? And then she's like, boom. Well, if you take 40 acres and a mule and, you know, update it for inflation, I think we're actually giving them a last. I'm like, habada, habada. And she like put him in his place with that 40 acres. Anybody, you got to be old to know what 40 acres and a mule is. Some of them are listeners might go, isn't that uh, Spike Lee's production company? But 40 acres and a mule is what the United States government promised. Uh, 
the freed slaves way back when in 1865 that they were going to give them to get them started in life. And guess what? They didn't give them the 40 acres. They didn't give them the mule. So she was pointing that out. And uh, I give her a lot of credit for doing that. Here's that audio from Marianne Williamson last night. Many of your opponents support a commission to study the issue of reparations for slavery. But you are calling for up to $500 billion in financial assistance. What makes you qualified to determine how much is owed in reparations? Well, first of all, it's not $500 billion in financial assistance. It's $500 billion, 200 to $500 billion payment of a debt that is owed. That is what reparations is. We need some deep truth telling when it comes. We don't need another commission to look at evidence. I appreciate what uh, Congressman O'Rourke has said. It is time for us to simply realize that this country will not heal. All that a country is is a collection of people. People heal when there's some deep truth telling. We need to recognize that when it comes to the economic gap between blacks and whites in America, it does come from a great injustice that has never been dealt with. That great injustice has had to do with the fact that there was 250 years of slavery followed by another 100, 100 years of domestic terrorism. What makes me qualified to say 200 to $500 billion? I'll tell you what makes me qualified. If you did the math of the 40 <laughs> acres and a mule, given that there was four to five million slaves at the end of, of of the Civil War, there were four to five, and they were all promised 40 acres and a mule for every family of four. If you did the math today, it would be trillions of dollars. And I believe that anything less than $100 billion is, is an insult. And I believe that 200 to 500 billion is, is politically feasible today because so many Americans realize there is an injustice that continues to form a toxicity underneath uh. the surface, an emotional <laughs> turbulence that Williamson, only reparations Thank you very much. Senator Wait. Sanders. Oh. So who was the the questioner in that one? Was I it? think it was Don Lemon. Yeah, I mean that when my kids were growing up, they used to call, say when someone would uh, get the upper hand and somebody go treat it or trick or treat it, and that was like a trick or treated moment. She goes, "How did I come up with that?" I'll tell you what, that do the math, and he's like, "Habada, habada." She did the forty acres and a mule. Yeah, little did she know she went to the Daniel Biss uh, Academy of Mathematics. <laughs> uh, young Daniel Biss, of course, was the uh, gubernatorial candidate for the Democrats back in twenty eighteen, and right. he's a mathematician. So, what's your grade for Marianne, Ben? Hey. A, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to be harsh, more harsh. I say B minus. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, B minus because uh, yeah, she's really good uh, at speaking and uh, saying those things like that, but mm-hmm. no issues. She's kind of got the Mayor Pete thing. Like, all right, so uh, you know, yeah. well, issues. <laughs> hey, I, I, issues. I need one more debate from Marianne Williamson to really yeah, figure man. out who she I kinda is. I kind of liked her in the other debate. By the way, did I show you my Marianne Williamson button? Oh, you've <laughs> shown me millions of times. All right, yeah. so uh, let's go to the next candidate. Mm-hmm. Nope. Please stop. John Delaney. <laughs> ben, let's hear that great. Uh, well, okay. Now, all right. Now, uh, can I ask? I have a question. It's your show, dude. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, is the grain a reflection of what I thought or what I think, like, voters in general thought? Your thoughts. Okay. My thoughts, I give him a D minus. D as in David? A D as in David. A D as in David Robinson. Uh, here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Here's, listen, John, a, a D as in Delaney. How about that? All right. Delaney was a congressman. Uh, he's no longer the congressman. He's from Maryland. He's a businessman. He's put together a couple of companies. Don't know a lot. I've taken the deep dive in Delaney, but I will, folks, after this debate. 
Uh, clearly, he has done very well. And one of his com- companies has something to do with healthcare. So the current system works well for Johnny D. God bless him. All right. He's made a lot of money off. He's got a nice health care plan. What about the rest of us? Huh? And pretending as though that we can have adequate health care in this system. If you have a privatized system where profit is embedded in it is you're kidding yourself. All right. Now, he as a political point. This, I call this the McDumkey point. The political, because McDumkey has made this one many times when he comes on this show. But McDumkey, my partner, pry up uh, in crime at the first Tuesday. He says, Democrats can't win if they talk about taking away private health care because people will be so scared they'll go for Donald Trump. All right? That's McDumkey's theory. And uh, so that's a political point. But to sit there and try to tell people that you're going to come up with an adequate system of health when you know that the profit motive is just going to always force insurance companies to try to deny you health benefits, you're fooling people. And he has to know that. He's a businessman. He made money off of this stuff. So I was very disappointed with his, uh, with with those, um, I hate to call them lies, but that message that he was putting out there. So I gave him a D minus. A D minus. Leah, what do you say? I was going to say C minus just because he was a little less exhausting this time than he was last time. Do you remember him from the last day? I don't really remember. The last debate, he just kept trying to interrupt and they kept saying, we'll get to you, Congressman (laughs) Delaney, but. They well, that, really. that speaks to what uh, Dr. D was saying, that I think that um, uh, this CNN did a much better job mm-hmm. than the other one. I don't even remember the other one. Uh, was <laughs> it Which one was the last debate? MSNBC. MSNBC. They did a much better job. They gave each candidate a moment and uh, contrasted one candidate with another, and that gave us a sense of what they stood for, even though there were many on the stage. So one more time, kudos to the gang at CNN. And uh, yeah, it gave us a sense of what John- Yeah, uh, the moderating was much, much better. I like also how they um, kind of stayed with the same question and gave every uh, candidate the chance to answer that question or a variation of that question. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so that's we got to hear what the lady's all about. I didn't like what he was about. There you go. All right. Well, I'm going to give him a C. Middle of the road politics. Middle of the road grade. How about that? That's it called a gentleman C in the old day. Yeah, we'll give him a C just to get him out so we don't have to look at him anymore. (laughs) And shout out to Pat Rod. Boy, he's a little more uh, sinister than you, Ben. Pat Rod says Delaney gets an F. (laughs) Get off the stage, Dino. (laughs) Uh, Come on. He kind of hard on uh, Delaney. I gave him a D minus because he had a nice tie. (laughs) All right. Our next candidate. I think uh, a lot of people know him as who? (laughs) Tim Ryan. Oh, Tim Ryan. Okay, Tim Ryan reminded me of a Chicago politician. He's a congressman from Ohio, uh, sort of what we call a a moderate Democrat or a conservative Democrat, whatever you want to call him. Uh, He was one of those Democrats, if you recall, who was uh, holding back on endorsing Nancy Pelosi. It's like ancient history. Back in those days, in the early days of the reorganization of the House of Representatives, the opposition from Nancy Pelosi was coming from the conservative wing. My, my, how politics have changed, young Dennis, uh, in just, you know, five or six months. And so they they extracted a few concessions from Pelosi, which I, I can't remember what they were. They were relatively meaningless. And they said they signed on. And now, of course, she's at war with the squad or was at war until Trump declared war. Uh, but her biggest problems are coming from the left wing of the uh, the, the Democratic Party in Congress. So uh, Tim, he, the way he kept um, saying that... He is against uh, health care for all because he wants to defend union uh, negotiated health care plans. I thought it was a little dis- disingenuous, and I'll tell you why. Um, I would guarantee you that most people who uh, are have a great 
health care plan through their company that's been negotiated by a union would gladly exchange that for more money on their paycheck if they could get an even better health care plan that was paid for by the government. So this notion that somehow or other we're betraying unions by trying to get the government to pay for health care as opposed to having money, each individual paying for it out of his paycheck, I think is a little disingenuous. So it's like trying to defend some an inequity by saying you're standing up for social equity, if that makes sense. And Buttigieg was playing that game a little while ago in College Aid, if you recall. The, so mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I had a little trouble with Ryan, but I don't know. He's been in the party. He's like a real Democrat. He stands up for unions I'm way above John Delaney. So what grade do you give Tim Ryan? I give uh, Ryan a B minus. B minus. Leah, what say you? I can barely remember his same. face right now. Same. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> so it's hard for me to give him a grade. F. Wow. Or maybe incomplete. I give him a blank stare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, like all the other candidates, I think I can put a face to the name now besides Tim, Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan looks like somebody I know, and it'll come to me probably in the middle of the Sergio interview when we're talking about Once Upon a Time in America. Great movie, by the way. Oh, horrible <laughs> timing, also, by the way. Oh, sorry. When we're talking all the way an hour and a half later. Okay. Tarantino. All right. So uh, I gave him an F. Uh, Leah says just a blank stare. Ben says, what was it again? B minus? B minus. Oh, you're kind. Yes. All right. On to the next candidate. Hold on. Let me switch it here in my script. Okay. Here we go. All right. It was his first time on the debate. A lot of people got to know him. I say he looks a lot like Patrick Duffy from the show Dallas. Yes, very good. Nobody out, by the way. Aren't you going to do your little millennial thing? Hang tight, millennials. Yeah, okay. oh, he was the dad in Step by Step on TGIF. Steve Bullock. <laughs> well, I never even heard of that show. Step by Step. There's a song. Anyway, sorry. Steve Bullock. Yeah. Oh, okay. Asking me. Okay. I'll go first this time. Then you go. You know what? I'll give B, uh, B minus once again. You know, once again, one more time. These were the little, I'm very concerned uh, about uh, scaring off Trump voters, Democrats. So I'm not uh, sympathetic to them, but I will say this about Bullock. He has at least uh, run for office in Trump country and won. And that means a lot to me. Uh, Bob Diver who you supported for governor uh, back in 2018. Damn right. Downstate Democrat, proud of it he is, uh, had that same claim to fame. So, uh, you know, I, I respect any Democrat who can win in Trump country. Uh, and and um, his instincts, I think, are right, on again, on unions, uh, very strong union record. And he's really great on, I don't they didn't talk about this last night in the debate, D, but I've been reading some of his uh, position papers on campaign financing and the need to try to clean that up. Uh, so I give him a B minus and, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Vice presidential uh, material on a Kamala Harris uh, ticket. Okay, and yeah. <laughs> because you brought his name up. Oh, hold on, I have to have some more of that. We got to get down to business. <laughs> Bobby Diver. G, love Diver. Leah, what say you? Um, I think I also say B minus of all of the moderate white men that were on the stage yesterday. I think I disliked him the least. <laughs> 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 what a ringing endorsement there, Leah. Uh, I would say... Uh, once again, middle of the road politics, middle of the road grade. You get to see very, uh, it seemed a little more blue collar than the other ones. So, right. He's kind of had a little accent going, right? Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed this. Maybe it was, I've spent most of the um, debate watching it on a, a cell phone. 
uh, not having CNN. Yeah, same here. Confession time. Uh, and then my daughter came in with her computer and was, I saw a bigger screen. Anyway, it looked like his neck would get really red. Do you know? I don't know if anybody else knows. Maybe it was just the cell phone. Like, you, get, you could see, like, he's. Guy, I think the guy may have a temper or something like that. <laughs> anyway. All right, our next candidate. Well, I thought she had one good moment. Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar. Oh, yeah, Amy Klobuchar. Yeah, she was ducking and dodging all night. I give her a CD. C. Yeah. She, she, you know what? Because the whole debate was the moderates attacking Bernie and Elizabeth. And she's like, well, I kind of want to be a moderate and let people know that I can win in Trump country, but I don't want to go too far and attack too much because I don't want to lose the lefties and the Bens of the world and the Leahs of the world. So I'm just kind of, kind of duck. I'm scared. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah, so she wasn't all in like Delaney, um, the Huckabee guy. But uh, so I give her a C, middle of the road. What do you give her, Leah? I give her a B. I thought she did pretty well. Yeah. Um, I nothing actually right now. Like, Can you think comes of anything mind. she said? No, I can't. Think. I remember the feeling, but the uh, moment with the NRA when when she oh, talked yeah, about that the NRA. Was, yeah, oh, yeah, that was what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what she say? I took on the NRA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Basically saying that you know it's, it requires action. You could say all this stuff, but you got to look these NRA people in the face and tell them, hey. Yeah. You know, so that she did Yeah, I definitely that. agree with that. All right. So you guys give her B minuses? Yeah, I All agree right. with Leah on that one. B minus. Are you actually keeping track of the scores? Eh, I don't think it really oh, matters. You know? I usually do, but obsessive I'm not. You know, usually the geek in me, I'm keeping track. I'm not keeping track. <laughs> I know. Usually you're a huge dork about these things. What's going on? All <laughs> right. I'm so slipping my age. We got one more candidate to go based on that. We gave uh, Bernie and Elizabeth Warren A. So our final. Oh, no, we got two more candidates. I'm sorry. Cookies to do. Up next. Beto O'Rourke. Yeah, you want to go first there? Um, I thought he did terrible in the last debate, so he definitely did better this time. Maybe I'd say B. I think I'd say B. I agree with everything you, you said. He did terrible. He did better. Uh, I still don't know why he's running for president. He should be running for senator. Uh, these lofty answers he gives where he tries to be like Abraham Lincoln or whatever, <laughs> you know, uh, is not working it for me. It's a down and dirty race. You're going to have to get down and dirty to, to defeat Donald John Trump. Let's not kid ourselves, folks. And uh, I, so the one, I'll tell you what. I think he was auditioning for vice president when he said that kept he twice came back to Texas. The 38 uh, uh, electoral votes are in play. In other words, if you put me on the ticket, I can get you those 38. If he if he's on the ticket and he spends his entire campaign in Texas going from county to county, the Dems may uh, steal Texas. So, you know, uh, President Kamala Harris may want to pick him up. Oh, I'm just drinking that Kamala oh, Kool-Aid. Oh, good. President Bernie or President Elizabeth. How about that? All right. And so what was the grade you gave all that, Beto? I give him a C plus. C plus? Yeah. I'm giving him an F. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. I'm just not a big Beto fan. I don't know. He just seems very bland and like, uh, I don't know. Start the conversation, pal. Don't end it. Like, oh, yeah, me too. I agree with that. He just kind of seems like a, I don't know. He's taking all the other people's ideas and just using them. Have, has anybody else gotten an F? Did oh, yeah. You, uh, who else got it? I mean, are we taking notes? Uh, like, again, we're not taking well, notes. Well, Pat Rod gave Klobuchar an okay. F <laughs> and Delaney an F. <laughs> okay. All right. So at least somebody else gets an F, you know. All right. And our final candidate, well, we'll play a little audio from him. We need the kind of vision that's going to win. We cannot have a vision that amounts to back to normal. It's the only reason we got this president is that normal didn't work. We have to be ready to take on this president. And by the way, something that hasn't been talked about as much tonight, take on his enablers in Congress. You know, when, when David Duke, 
When David Duke ran for Congress, ran for governor, the Republican Party 20 years ago ran away from him. Today, they are supporting naked racism in the White House, or at best silent about it. And if you are watching this at home, and you are a Republican member of Congress, consider the fact that when the sun sets on your career, and they are writing your story of all the good and bad things you did in your life, the thing you will be remembered for is whether in this moment with this president, you found the courage to stand up to him, or you continue to put party over country. It's Mayor Pete, Pete yeah. Buttigieg. Mayor Pete. What uh, grade? You want me to go first? Sure, you go sure. First? Uh, I, you know, this is going to be, st- it's going to stun America. Uh, I'll give him a B. And I'll tell you what, Mayor Pete, just to hear him again, he's one of the smoothest talkers uh, in politics I've heard in a long time. I, mean, I don't want to hold that against him, but he is a real smooth talker. That little bit, I, you got to be old to know what I'm about to say, but that little frame, a little refrain about Republicans where they stand, I swear to God, he was invoking, whether he knew it or not, he was vibing on a Gladys Knight uh, song that she used to sing. The uh, That song about uh, how she, all of the love song that she sings, I'm blanking on the name of it right now. I'm just like, oh my God, that's Gladys Knight coming out. Uh, and uh, so uh, Mayor Pete had a couple really good moments. I thought he had a good moment when he said, take a stand. Uh, um, you know, they're going to call you socialist anyway. And that was a pretty good stand uh, too as well. So he's a real smooth talk. But I'll tell you what irritated the hell out of me about Mayor Pete is when he kept saying a little passive aggressively about how old Bernie was and how young he was. That's the old timer in the room. All right. <laughs> Stop playing the age. Stop being an ageist. If you want that Jarofsky vote, boy, you better be nice to old people, <laughs> yeah. right, basically. Leah, what, do you, what grade do you give Mayor Pete? I actually, I think I'd give him an A. Whoa. A for Mayor Pete. I, I don't really like him personally, but I think if I entered, like, watching the debate without any preconceived notions, I'd see him and be like, oh, that's the guy. Like, he's a really smooth talker. He's really good. I agree with him policy-wise on, like, most things. Um, it's just that he has a bad record as in mayor South of South Bend. Yeah. Pat Rod gives Mayor Pete a B for boring. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, I'm going to give, I'm going to give Mayor Pete a C just because uh, that boy, that uh, Henry Davis interview we had with him has changed my mind on Mayor Pete. Yeah, big Henry time. Davis, go check you, that one yeah, out. Go check that out. And uh, there were a few, uh, I'm smart. You're not moments from Mayor Pete last <laughs> night. <laughs> Many. It's got a little of that ROM going yeah, in. Yeah. You know it's getting ROM vibes. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm just stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a little more personable than ROM and he's a, a smoother talker than ROM, but he's got a lot of ROM going there. I think yeah. at one point he's like, now, if you're right about this, which I am, <laughs> My guy, I don't like you. Yeah. You're done. All right, so there we go. That was our. Uh, we're going to be talking more about this later on in the show today. I got more audio. All right, I got Marianne Williamson talking oh, about yeah. Flint. I got the Bernie Hickenlooper battle. I got Delaney and Warren going at it. It's going to be a fantastic time, so don't go anywhere. But coming up after this short little break, right. we're going to find out what's going on locally. We're going to find out what else is news. Don't go anywhere. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show live from the Chicago Sun Times. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture, food, arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. 
Live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Yes, indeed we are live. And I, I took a moment to look in my uh, little phone here. Best thing that happened to me, the, that's the name of the Gladys Knight bit. Uh, the Gladys Knight and the Pip song that uh, Buttigieg was somehow somehow evoking. Whether he, he, well, you know, he's so young, D, that he probably never heard the song because he's so young. Did I tell you he's young? Yeah. Like say, oh boy, what was the kid's name in the last one who kept yelling, you're old. Oh, Swalwell. Yeah, you're old. <laughs> He's gone from the race. And I'm, I'm glad you helped out all of our millennial audience today. They were dying to know what that Gladys Knight song but was. But I know millennials. I know, who's Gladys Knight? I don't even know. Who, do you know who Gladys Knight is? Yeah, and the Pips. Oh, I love Gladys. Midnight Train to Georgia. One of the greatest songs ever written. All right. So, millennials, don't tune out, please. We have a lot of current content. We're about to find out what's going on locally. It's time for What Else is News. Ben, a familiar face, has returned to the Chicago spotlight. She was one of our first guests on the new Ben Jarofsky show, post you getting fired. Ben, it's former 2019 <laughs> Chicago mayoral candidate Amara Inya. Mm-hmm. It took a few months, but Amara Inya has gotten up and dusted herself off after her mayoral election loss in February, and she's on to new ventures. And now Amara Inya is being considered for the top job with the city council's Progressive Reform Caucus. Now, if you recall, another good friend of the program recently became the chair of said Progressive Reform Caucus. That's Alderwoman Sue Sedlowski-Garza of Ben Witchward. Come on, That was an easy one, right? Tenth. Even you know that one. You've been in the tenth ward. That's got to keep you on your toes. You know what I mean? One day I'll slip and I go, I won't know. And it'll be like, what happened to Ben? (laughs) Here, give him some more water to fortify him. Oh, wait, what kind of water is that? Ah, that's a Sugar's water. Oh, I'm drinking nice. the Sugar's Kool-Aid. Nice, nice. All right, so uh, Sue Garza said of Amara Inya's uh, recent ventures, she said, uh, Inya is one of several applicants and would be treated fairly. Here's the quote from Garza. Quote, we're starting the interview process now. That's as far as we are. She has just as much chance as any of the other 10 people who have applied. Still no word on who the other 10 candidates are, but there is more to the story. And for that, we go to the Illinois political bulldogs over at Illinois Politico and one Shia Kapos. This Amara Inya announcement comes just as she's being slapped with a lawsuit by two dozen of her former mayoral campaign staffers who say they haven't been paid. Mm. NBC5 first reported the wage theft grievance, noting that former employees say Inya's team owes them, quote, a combined total of $56,825 in unpaid wages, overtime pay, minimum wage violations, and unreimbursed expenses. Mm. In a statement to Playbook, Inya pushed back against the, quote, unsettling allegations. She said that after losing in the first round of the mayor's race, her staffers voted on whether to endorse Lori Lightfoot or Tony Preckwinkle or stay neutral. They voted for the latter, stay neutral, and as a result, Inya's campaign didn't get any assistance to pay off campaign debt. Here's the quote from Inya, quote, The team has decided that the values of being able to hold leadership accountable outweighed the monetary compensation that they were due. That voluntary team decision was key because it meant the the team knew fundraising post-campaign would be a challenge. Inya says that there have been two fundraisers and that, quote, partial payments were made to her staff as, quote, a show of good faith. And that's where we stand so far. So Ben Jarofsky, time to pick that. Oddly shaped, gigantic brain ears. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you wear a hat. Amara Inya on the city council's progressive reform caucus. How does that sound to you? Is she a good fit? And what about these allegations? Well, all right, time out. 
I do not believe she'll get this gig as long as these allegations are out there. As long there's a lawsuit was filed against her having to do with unpaid wages. Now Monroe uh, Anderson, my next guest, knows he's been a freelance writer. We know what it's like trying to get someone to pay you. They promise they're going to pay you. They say the check's in the mail. They then they stop calling. Then they stop returning your calls. Then they stop. You know they just ignore you completely. So I've been there. I know Monroe's been there. Anybody who's been a freelance writer has been there. So I think it's going to be very difficult for the Progressive Caucus to hire Amara Enya while this matter is uh, unresolved. Okay, and the Progressive Caucus among other things, stands for a fair work week. It stands for a minimum wage. It stands for paying people. All right. Now, as far as that explanation, that's a he said, she said type of thing. I, I'm not there. I wasn't in the room. I'm just going to put this out here. I have a hard time believing that people would uh, <laughs> agree not to get paid to preserve the integrity of a campaign. I'm just putting that out there. I don't know what Monroe Anderson thinks about that. But how, how I just, could that happen? Yeah, I just like, ah, that explanation? Ah, I'm like, okay. You know, no, just follow me on this D. Here's what she's saying, all right? Here's her explanation. So let's say we got fired. Well, it's been known never happened before. Yeah, been down that <laughs> road. Been down that road. Well, not you, me. But anyway, let's say both of us got fired, and I owed you money. And I say, D, we can get an, uh, uh, another job uh, at this other station. I can pay you back. But if we don't go, we go to that station, it like, I don't know, it'll make us lose our integrity. So what do you think? Guarantee you would say, go to the other station. I want to get paid. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, that's, but you know, hey, maybe she has emails and texts that support her story. So, it, you know, that's okay. what that lawsuit So let's on. just put that aside. The whole big allegation, kind of hard to put all that aside. But yeah. we've okay. got, we've gotten that, to know, Mrs. Lincoln. We've gotten to know Amara <laughs> in you pretty well over the last few years. How do you think? Oh, I'm, I'm a big. She, would listen, she fit in? Let me put it to you this way. Put that uh, allegation to the side and put the other allegations to the side about how Amara Enya handles her finances. Uh, Amara Enya is one of the best guests I've ever had on our show. She comes in. She answers the questions. She's smart. She's funny. She gets it. And she shows up on time, D. It's like 99% of, of it with D on the show. So Amara Enya, as a guest on the Ben Jarofsky Show, is excellent. And uh, she, it's been a while she's been on the show, D. Uh, but... Um, Amara Enya as running the progressive, uh, as being like the, what would it be, like the uh, CEO of the Progressive Caucus? I don't know what the title is, chief exec. I don't know what the title is. Operative for the Progressive Caucus. She's got to resolve that suit. I don't think the progressives uh, will go with her on that one. Monroe, did you hear the story or are you just walking this in the middle of it? The poor guy, don't put me in the middle of that thing. I I, I got a better story for you. All right, we got to talk Trump. Just breaking. Oh, whoa. Okay. Whoa. Breaking right. news. Breaking news. Ooh, all, right. all right. Well, there you are. Just like that, you're now in the know of what's going on locally, and now you'll have an answer the next time someone asks you, hey, what else is news? All right. right. Okay. All now, right. both of you guys are seated. That's good. Okay. CNN uh-huh. has tape of Ronald Reagan saying racist stuff. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> I said, I think. Yeah. All right. We're gonna we'll come back and talk about that. We can get that tape, put it on. I already sent that to Sergio. Uh, no, Sergio put it on my Facebook. And who did I send it to? Uh, Jim Coogan. Hey, Coogan, if you're out there, Jim Coogan's gonna be in the show on Friday. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that Ronald Reagan and um, uh, Richard Nixon having. Uh, oh, brother! What a conversation that is. We're gonna bring Monroe Anderson on when we return. 
Today's Ben Jaromsky Show was brought to you in part by Chicago Architecture Center. Discover the breadth and majesty of Chicago's architecture on a Chicago Architecture Center bus tour. From bungalows to Bauhaus, our expert docents will share the fascinating stories behind our city's architecture. Book your tour at architecture.org tours. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm actually on a bus tour right now. Oh, my. Look at that wonderful piece of architecture. Get a special discount for Illinois residents from July 15th to August 15th. All Illinois residents get 50% off select walking tours. Visit architecture.org slash IL dash resident. Did you know that 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true. And Chicagoland Cremation Options honors their wishes by providing cremation services directly to the general public. Chicagoland Cremation Options provides an affordable, ethical, and easy cremation arrangement, whether in person or online. Save thousands and streamline the process by going directly to Chicagoland Cremation Options. It's a family-owned business operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. Here's how you reach them. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. One more time. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. It's Chicagoland's Adult Entertainment Playground. It's the world-famous Admiral Theater, 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. The Admiral is homegrown from Chicago, and it's the most conveniently located club in all of the city. 15 minutes from the O'Hare Airport in downtown Chicago Loop. Voted Chicago's best strip club, the Admiral has showgirls galore and a variety of adult entertainment shows. The world-famous Admiral Theater, open every day from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m., 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. For events, showtime, and other information, visit AdmiralX.com. Must be 18 years of age or older to enter hey playing now at steppenwolf theater the world premiere of ms black for president it's inspired by the true that's true as it it really happened t-r-u-e story of joan jet black america's first drag queen presidential candidate you know who created it d no it was created by tony nominee tina landau oh and you know who else created it no oscar winner terrell alvin mccraney you know him moonlight <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah for tickets visit steppenwolf.org that's steppenwolf like the rock group from the 60s Hang tight, millennials. <laughs> Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Ben, take it away. Yes, indeed. We're having an off-mic discussion. I was like, I'm startled. Monroe, uh, Leah, and Dennis all agree that... Almost everyone in America knows, knows what 40 acres and a mule is. I start off by saying, uh, and I'm, I have to hear, I have to apologize to my millennial listeners, my Zs. I just assumed they wouldn't know uh, because I thought it was a generational thing. And Monroe came in, he goes, no, absolutely they know. Leah swears up and down they know. I bet you. I'm gonna, let's, let's put a lunch on the table here. Hell if yeah. We went, uh, did my, one of my famous random uh, man slash woman or whatever on the street interviews, uh, Monroe and ask just randomly stop people on the street what is 40 acres in a mule i would bet the overwhelming majority would not know what it is well that's if you're down south <laughs> here in the north they know you mean, down south they're still teaching about the war of aggression the northern war of aggression uh yeah so okay uh, but as you pointed out 40 acres and a mules again was what was promised to slaves when they uh, when slavery ended we're gonna the federal government's gonna give them 40 acres right. and a mule 40 right. acres of land right. uh to develop and cultivate and a mule right. to plow right i don't think they got the 40 acres or the mule no they didn't and why didn't they monroe explain uh, that reconstruction came to a screeching halt when I think it was Johnson, 
Um, President Johnson, yeah, not President Lyndon, John, the other not one. Lyndon, yeah. the, uh, the, uh, Andrew. Yeah, he struck a compromise with the South. Yeah. And, and sold they, out everything. Repeal, they, yeah, right. They say, he said, well, you know, it's the, the union is more important than our niggers. So. <laughs> One more time. Uh, the words and views of Monroe Anderson are those of Monroe Anderson. Uh, and uh, the other thing. I did say niggers. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, so that's, a, that's the proper word for it. Uh, but the, the other word. The, when, you, the, when you first came in the studio, we were talking about it. It did kind of remind me of what some of the moderates um, were saying at the stage last night they were they were mad at Bernie and Elizabeth Warren because they were pushing the party too far to the left and they were saying you're going to lose the election and in a sense that's what happened when reparations ended well you're going too far oh, they, they keep doing that's the history of America for African Americans is that uh, the white people get together and um, they they have a disagreement over what, how far is too far or not, and then they say, "Well, it's more important that we get the along instead of uh, black folks get justice." And then then they want black people just to vote for them anyway. Of course, uh, the, yeah. All right. So, uh, well, while we're on the subject of the debates, I'm just going to hold off on this until uh, a little later because we have so much Trump news. Usually, when Monroe's on the air, we talk Trump, 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 and Trump. Uh, but uh, in the most General sense, uh, your thoughts on last night's debate? It, it was amazing that the moderates ganged up on Bernie and Elizabeth, because I, you would think that because they're the top two um, in the poll in the group last night, that they would have uh, um, gone after them, not as a couple. You know, they were referring to him as the the um, Sundance and Butch, 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 Ca- Butch Cassidy, and the yeah. Sundance. Yeah, kid. right. They referred to him as that they were the partners against this this crowd. Yeah. They did not attack each other. Yeah, no, that's I was wrong. Yeah, I, right. I predicted that was going to happen, and I was wrong in that. Yeah, one. Yeah, no, everybody thought that was going to happen, and they didn't do it. Yeah. So everybody attacked them instead. Yeah, but only I had been spending the next day saying I was wrong. And right, <laughs> I don't think anybody right. was. Oh, they would. The other people blame Bernie and Elizabeth. Uh, I predicted it, and you didn't do what I said, so therefore you're wrong. Uh, yeah, no, I was a little surprised that they um, they, they they joined forces right uh, to defend themselves. Did you right. find yourself being moved, uh, Monroe, by uh, John? Delaney and his uh, excoriation of lefties and uh, his defense of the center. Did you find yourself, yeah, he's really speaking to me as a voter. I'm going to miss him. (laughs) In other words, he's going to make it to the next round. No, 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 no. He barely made it to this one. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, he's one of these these moderates um, who is useless. You know, I mean, he, he... he, he's trying to talk sense and make sense and what have you, and those are the people who lose. All uh, the 17 that Trump beat all were trying to make sense and talk talk something or another. We're not in, we're in extreme times right now. So if you aren't on the edge, you're not in the game. Yeah. Did you think? He, do you think he'd be more at home in the Republican Party? Not that's what, the, that's not, what Huckabee. Yeah, not this Republican Party. Yeah. The old Republican Party, your granddaddy's Republican yeah. Party. He would have fit perfectly well. Now, you, I mean, uh, Trump is, is, is George Wallace in office. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, 51%, a poll just came out yesterday, 51% of Americans think he's a racist. 
Wow. 51%. 51%. Oh, more half of the country. I did not see that poll. Yeah. I know. That's incredible. Fifth, all right, let's yeah. let's get into that. Uh, since you've been here, he went on his tirade over the weekend on the city of Baltimore. Yes, he uh, unleashed on Baltimore, uh, right. using Baltimore to attack Elijah Cummings, right? Uh, who's the congressman from a district that is in Baltimore? Right. Uh, and uh, he lied. He he made it the most uh, dangerous con- city in the country. Uh, he he said that um, Cummings. Instead of um, being in Washington doing whatever he's doing, he should stay home in his district and do that. The man lives in his district. He is half an hour away from Washington. Mm -hmm. Baltimore is a half an hour drive. He goes home every day or every night. So he's in his district all the time. His district has a median income of 60000 So it's more of a middle-class district black district than a poor district than a poor district yeah i don't even know how uh what the percentage of of black voters are in that district i i it's I, majority but not it's not completely yeah it's, not, it's i think it's 60 percent or somewhere yeah. around there yeah i um but he just you know because he's he's a, a thinks stereotypically Mm-hmm. You know, if it's black, then it's got roaches and rats, and how could people live there? Well, he does have this uh, obsession with the word infestation. Yeah, he, um, oh, with oh, with black and brown right. people. Yeah, he's never made that reference to Appalachia or um, Youngstown or any place like that where they're white people. Yeah, who are he doesn't uh, talk about poor rural, white people. Poor white people. He yeah. doesn't talk about rural America that way. So but what is he up to? He's a racist. He's a racist. I mean, he's his natural racism. He just—he's not even controlling him so anymore you don't, because do you he's frustrated. A, uh, do you think there's a, a, a method to his madness? Uh, is there a strategy behind this? Uh, well, is, it's typical Trump strategy of when, whenever you need a deflection or distraction, then you talk about the black people or the brown people. And if you remember, um, he came out against Baltimore right after um, people were having a serious discussion of Mueller, when Mueller testified. And Mueller was saying, well, the man's a crook. He did a crime. He's got to go to jail as soon as he has out of the office. Um, Yes, he did (laughs) obstruct. All that kind of good stuff. That was in the report to begin with. It's in there. It's in there. The Mueller report, folks. And... and, and, um, the Democratic um, committee chairs uh, were able to pull pull it out of Mueller, although it was a oh lot God, of work. Oh, God, it was hard. It was a lot Come of work. on, yeah, right, oh, exactly. Mueller. Right. Oh, I can't hear you. What? Yeah, right. huh? uh, uh, what was that? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mueller. That's did, correct. Did, <laughs> did Trump shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue? Uh, yes. Yes. Maybe. Uh, it's in the report. I uh, refer you to the report. <laughs> what a character Mueller was. What a country, huh? Uh, so, all right. So here's the question I have to you, and it really will get to the heart of whether you're a pessimist or an optimist. Okay. And there are some people who've come to this show who've argued that it's a winning hand to play to be a racist to openly uh, pick fights with black people on the part. I'm talking about Donald Trump. Uh, and his his people. Yeah. Yeah. It, you pick a fight with a black person, uh, and then white people will instinctively side with you, even if they're embarrassed or ashamed to admit it. And so then they'll go to the polls and vote for you because they just, they want to be a part, they want to be on the white side of this fight. 
that is a theory that has been put forth by people uh, that have come to the show and say, uh, this is a successful tactic for Donald Trump. I, on the other hand, and I feel naive when I say it, I think America is better than that and that we uh, do not want to be on the side as a collective entity. The most people in this country do not want to be on the side of such an overtly racist racial appeal. Who do you think is correct, Monroe Anderson? Uh, the cynics or little optimism me? I'm going to go with you by a whisker. <laughs> it's a... Uh... There are a lot of races out there in this country. Racism is, yeah. as, is as American as cherry pie. Or, or apple pie. Or apple pie. I think H. Rap Brown said, said cherry. Apple. He said no, cherry or apple? He said apple? cherry. He said uh, violence. Oh, this is American, American as cherry. Cherry pie. Yeah. Okay, I guess. All right. yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah, because people misquote him all the time. Oh, is that right? Yeah. It was cherry pie, not, not yeah, right. apple exactly. pie. Yeah, right. Not, I think I just do that because I like apple pie better than cherry I don't, pie. Same here. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I've ice been, cream I, on it? But there was once upon a time I was corrected on that. I looked it up. And so, it was cherry pie. And I was wrong. So, I can't uh, believe it. So, yeah, I, I, who was having this conversation right here in the show? Uh, I was talking about how corporate America spent so much time on commercials, et cetera, preaching the, the need for tolerance. Uh, commercials now always or generally have a wide variety of different people in them, oh, different yeah, actors. No, yeah, we have diversity. Diversity. In, on, on TV. Yeah, now. on TV. So that's what we're... We're being taught to teach. Well, that's this is why the deplorables are so freaked out because they, when they say they want America great again, they're talking about they really want America okay, there white you go, again. Hillary, with yes. the deplorable stuff. Right, okay, yes, yeah. you got to stop using deplorable. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll call them um, rednecks. All right. So, uh, so the big debate last night yes. at the debate on this point to this point yes. uh, was just um, a revision of everything that we've been talking about in this show for weeks and weeks. And that is, um, do the Democrats defeat Donald Trump through persuasion uh, or do they defeat Donald Trump through motivation? Uh, Bernie and Elizabeth are arguing that we have to stand for something. The Democratic Party has to stand for something that is uh, in, in opposition to Donald John Trump. And we have to offer it to people. And that will motivate people to come out and vote. And that way we'll defeat uh, Donald John Trump. Uh, John Delaney, uh, Dennis's hero, uh, <laughs> just threw that out there just to annoy De him. Dennis is going to miss him, too. <laughs> uh, just keep it. <laughs> Just had to do that. Uh, John Delaney is arguing that we, if we stand for something, we're just going to scare uh, uh, Trump voters. And so we should just sort of move toward the center, move toward Do uh, John, Donald John Trump, and just uh, win over uh, enough uh, Trump voters uh, to eke out a victory. Who do you... Uh, what? Uh -oh, gee, it's, it's nonsense. We, we have got to fight fire with fire. I mean, that's the problem with the Democrats is... They've always uh, been trying to be Mr. and Mrs. Nice Guy. And in the meantime, the Republicans are lying, cheating, stealing, backstabbing, <laughs> uh, everything they can yeah. to win. They play for power. We're, we're playing for um, Robert, Robert's rule of order or something. I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. The but Democrat. we've got to, we've got to, we've, we've got to put the knuckles on the, the, the brass knuckles on, mm -hmm. get out all the weapons we have, and fight as if there's no tomorrow. So because when, there may not be. 
when when uh, when when Trump unleashed on Elijah Cummins in Baltimore, yeah, and he just unleashed on him, right, and then boom, he hit Sharpton, Al Sharpton out of nowhere, he just started picking on Al Sharpton. Yeah, he was like looking for black people. Sooner or later, he's going to find his way to you, Monroe. Right, I know, right, exactly. <laughs> then I'll know I've arrived. Yeah, then you've arrived, uh, Monroe Anderson. Uh, and uh, G- Google will be very busy. So, what what do you think is the re- proper response for Democrats? This is what they, this is my motto. Mm-hmm. Indict, no, impeach, indict, imprison. <laughs> the three eyes. The three eyes. Impeach, oh, that impeach him, indict him, and then put him in jail. Lock him up. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. Lock him up right, strategy. Exactly, right, exactly. No, he belongs in jail. He's committed crimes. All right. And the only reason he has a get out of jail free card is because he stole the election. I mean, and this is what just, if you stop and think about this seriously, he stole the election. And therefore, he can't be prosecuted for his crimes because he stole the election. Yeah. He can't be prosecuted for stealing the election right. because he successfully stole the election. Exactly, exactly. And so we have to wait until he loses. And he's trying to steal it again to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. This is um, Q Moscow Mitch. Yeah, well, we'll get to Moscow Mitch. <laughs> okay. we, it's on my list, but yeah, that's right. a very good. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, he stole the election, but because he successfully stole the election, he can't be indicted for stealing the election. Right. So he gets away with the theft of the election, right. uh, at least for another year, unless he successfully steals the election again, exactly. in which case he gets away for, for another four years. Yes. That's your country, I, America. Right. Unless the Democrats grow a spine. And impeach him. Okay, well, they're never going to get the impeachment vote through the, uh, a, a conviction vote in the Senate. They Everybody... don't need that. This is what they need. This, 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 is, this is the theory. Mm-hmm. Okay. You indict him. You bring the fact witnesses on. And every day on TV, you have a different person um, discussing the various crimes that Trump has committed. Mm-hmm. He has to run on that because the, the, the impeachment is going. He has to run on that. And so he has to um, call everybody and their mama a liar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay? In the meantime, you don't even give it to the there's no There's no law that says he has to, that, that, that the House has to turn over their indictment. In any in a specific time mm-hmm. to the Senate, so the Senate never gets a chance to um, not um, impeach him to say that he, okay, well, we don't think he's impeachable, so that's the end of that. So he can't run on that, and so you have him impeached by the House. He loses the election, then you indict him because mm-hmm. well, he's out of office all right now, the, and the, once you've indicted him and all all those all, all those crimes have been exposed you put him in jail well okay uh you 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 have to realize that uh not all people agree with you on uh the assertion that by impeaching him you will uh win the election there are those of the John Delaney. Oh, I know, uh, I know, but that that doesn't make any sense. I mean, you, I mean, if you stop and think about it, yeah, I mean, you have one person after the next saying Trump did this crime, Trump did that crime, Trump did this crime, just over and over. You have a daily diet of that, 
he's running on it's a it's it, it's 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 a hoax. It's it's a, a plot to um, go against me. All these fact witnesses are lying on me. He's running on that. The, the Democrats, whoever the nominee is, is running on. This is the this is the biggest scandal in American history. This is the most corrupt administration in American history. Um, I will clean it up. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll clean up the the swamp that Trump has has restocked. Uh, and you mentioned Moscow, uh, Mitch, and uh, it's a perfect time uh, to talk about him. And yeah. that's uh, Mitch McConnell, the the. the uh, the leader of the Republicans in the Senate, uh, perhaps the most despised Republican in the country, uh, second to Trump by Democrats. Uh, he's bottled up every single piece of legislation he's, that the Democrats want. He in, stole Obama's um, Supreme, Supreme Court. Court. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he laughed at the Democrats. He, uh, with the Democrats, accused him of stealing. He said, yeah, oh, well, I'll do it again, blah, blah, blah. But one little name, one little nickname seems to really be getting under his skin. Well, it's not the nickname. It's the fact that he has been helping Moscow out. Yep. Legislation has come before the Senate that would protect us next year in the election. Us from, being, from, yes. The U.S., the, US, the United States, yeah. America, you know, for, wave the flag. Yeah, whatever. election system, a free election. A free election, and he won't let it come because he's, he's ahead of the Senate. He won't let it come in for a vote if it ever got voted on, if we get passed. But he's blocking it. Now, there are a couple of theories why this is happening. One is because he's, he's Trump's boy. And he wants to protect Trump. Mm -hmm. And Trump, uh, if 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 um, Putin can't help Trump, then Trump won't get reelected. Re That's one theory. Another is that he too may be compromised by P Putin. We don't know. Well, you just threw that one out right, there. Right, right. We don't <laughs> Did you know. See me come up yeah, there. Right, exactly. No, no. That's I mean because it's 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 too much. It's, right. it's just too much. I mean he, you know. Obama had the the goods on the the Russians interfering with the election mm -hmm. pre um, the twenty sixteen yes. election, and he went to to um, Mitch with that, and Mitch says, um, "No, we're not going to discuss this. If we put this out here, I'm just going to say you guys are doing it for the election to th throw the election." I I, I have. Uh I just wrote about this for the readers. This is fresh on my mind. Uh, and this, what, what got me going was uh, the article, the Senate committee, uh, Intelligence Committee released a report about uh, Russian interference with our election. That report came out last week and it talked about, uh, it, there was a lot of redactions in the report. Uh, they weren't as spe specific as I would have liked, but they talked about the, the effort by uh, agents of Putin to interfere with the election. Uh, and they talked about the hacking of computers uh, in Illinois. And um, I, I, that caught me off guard because the specificity of, of, of Illinois as a state 
I, I hadn't really thought about it, right. you know, and, and they said, well, everybody knows that this happened. And I was like, uh, I barely knew that it happened and I'm obsessive about this stuff. So I think the overwhelming majority of people in the state don't know. In fact, I think more people don't know that our computers were hacked uh, by the Russians in the state of Illinois than pe- people don't know about 40 acres and a mule. And I think you really exaggerated the number of people. You know about 40 acres and a mule and Dennis does, but I don't think uh, most and, and Americans. Spike Lee knows. Spike Lee knows and Leah knows. <laughs> exactly. All right, that's about it. <laughs> right. uh, so I'm sorry. Yeah, right. Frederick, 40... du- Frederick Douglass knows. Yeah, too. Frederick Douglass knows. <laughs> Uh, and uh, something that just came in. Wow, this is nice. Uh, anyway, um, uh, so uh, I, so going back to the elections, uh, I believe that both parties are at fault here. And you just uh, got to why the Democrats are at fault. Uh, that cautiousness on the part of Obama. Yeah. You know, well, I don't want to look as like I'm being. Well, they announced it, but okay, you know. Come on, man. wait. Okay, wait, wait, no, they no, 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 no this, they... uh, yeah, no, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, on uh, on the seventeenth, I forget which um, month it was. In seventeen, in, 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 in twenty sixteen, twenty sixteen. I forget yeah. which day it was. It was probably July. But anyway, there was a, there there was this 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 this. Um, woman who had filed charges against Trump for raping her when she was 13 yeah in, con- in, in connection with Epstein yeah I don't know where you're going with this okay but go no ahead. Listen, okay yeah then Mike Nowak has joined us in the studio go then ahead shortly after that uh-huh. um, Obama announces that yeah. they announced that the Russians are met than our thing then shortly after that um, the um, Access Hollywood tape. Yes, emerges. Emerges. Yeah. And then the the, um, Podesta emails. Yes. All that's in one day. Uh huh. Any given one of those things was worth a week's worth of uh, press coverage. Yeah. And so they just banged into each other, which has been the story of Trump's um, life. Yeah. Yeah. As a presidential candidate and president. Yeah. Is that he has so many scandals. That just when you thought you were um, looking into one, here comes another one. Yeah. So you forget about that one and you go to the next. They cancel each other out. Yeah. They right, just Mike. go bonk, bonk, exactly. bonk, and they exactly. cancel each other out. Exactly. Mike Novak has joined us. And I, here's what I'm going to say. Okay, The point I was going to make is this. Barack Obama's hesitation to uh, shout out from the rooftops that Russians... Russian operatives have invaded our election system, have hacked into computers, are openly trying to manipulate our system. His hesitation to do that uh, because he didn't want to look as though he was throwing the election to Hillary Clinton, it amplifies everything you just got finished saying about Democrats. They don't, not only do they not play the game to win, but they're so afraid of looking like they're, they're trying to play the game to win that they don't even <laughs> take action against something that's a detriment well, to our country. No, you, they are the I, biggest wins no, in the world. Yeah, no, you're right about that. However, <laughs> yeah, let me give dang. you a, a however, just okay. All right. Because Obama was born in Kenya. What else would you expect? Okay, so they wouldn't have believed it. <laughs> Listen, the Kenyan, the Kenyan was lying about Trump. All right, 
We're going to take a break. We're going to bring Mike Novak into this conversation. He's got his fedora on. He's looking really handsome and dapper. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to ask him, and this, he's going to think about this, are the Democrats too wimpy for their own good? Michael Mike Novak will have his answer when we return. Softball. <laughs> The Ben Jarofsky Show is supported by the Northwestern Summer Writers Conference. Now in its 15th year, the three-day conference held in Chicago features a diverse array of workshops, speakers, discussions, and readings. Learn more at sps.northwestern.edu slash writers. Hey, everybody. What you're about to hear are the piano stylings of Jeff Manuel. Man, listen to Jeff go. Jeff Manuel has been playing piano around Chicago for years. He's played for conventions, for celebrities, played in basement bars with blues bands. He's played at prestigious social clubs, fine restaurants, and in the intimacy of private homes. Book Jeff Manuel at jeffemanuelpianist.com. Don't worry, I'll spell his name at the end of this commercial. You know what Chicago Magazine said? They said that Jeff Manuel is, quote, as comfortable with Chopin as he is with Cole Porter. He's excellent, and his performance is joyous. He offers an elegant stream of compositions and interpretations that entertains the mind but won't hurt the ears. To hear more of Jeff Manuel's work and to book Jeff for your next event, go to jeffmanuelpianist.com. I'm going to spell it out for you, people. J-E-F-F. M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, U, E, L, P, I, A, N, I, S, T, dot com. Take it away, Jeff Manuel. I do want to say that we understand, and we're very grateful that you're here. We are giving you an hour of substance and talk on our airwaves, so we can get over the Fox thing, if, if, if you're all right with that. Okay. All right, everybody, hour number two of your Ben Jarofsky show for, I'm just playing clips to pass the time so you guys can talk during the break, all right? Hour number two of your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, July 31st is moments away. But before we get into that, we would like to thank the following unions for jumping on board and helping bring back our program. First up, the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Thank you once again for those unions for jumping on board and helping bring back our program. And, of course, today's show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Hour number two, let's go. It is Wednesday, July 31st, and live from the Chicago Sun-Times, Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. In this hour of the program, we still got Monroe Anderson in, in studio, gardening guru and host of the Mike Novak Show. Mike Novak returns, and it's the return of director of the Black Harvest Film Festival, the one, the only Sergio Mims. And now your host, director of nothing, <laughs> Chicago Reader columnist. Ben Jarofsky. Yes, indeed. Mike Novak is sitting here next to Monroe Anderson. Mike's thinking of this answer. Are the Democrats too wimpy? Uh, he's really struggling with this Do one. I get to say something else first, though? Oh. Uh, what an honor it is to sit next to Monroe Anderson and be 
part of the conversation. I'm, I'm hoping he won't take me to the cleaners today, okay, when, yeah. uh, as, as we're chatting here. Right. <laughs> He's not going to take you to right. the cleaners. Well, no, 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 no. See, you're, you're the master of uh, facts and, and knowledge and history, and I'm, I shoot from the hip. This uh, is what I do. Well, we're getting ready to give you something to shoot from the hip, but before we do that, the doctor has an update. Go, young man. Absolutely. We have an update here, and uh, they say money talks, and if that's true, then the amount of money raised after last night's debate by one presidential candidate is yelling one thing. Bernie, Bernie, <laughs> Bernie. Bernie raised a lot of money. That's right. The Bernie Sanders campaign has announced that it has raised $1.1 million and received more than 70,000 contributions from small uh, dollar donors since last night's debate. Mm. Here's the quote from Sanders on the news. Quote, I'm extraordinarily proud, <laughs> and I think we have broken the world's record in now having 2 million individual contributions at this point in the campaign, <laughs> averaging all of $19 a piece. <laughs> I don't think anybody has done that, and I'm proud of that. Uh, that's Bernie Sanders in the studio. And he, right. and he followed right. it up and, with... And, and, and the two of them could do the next Grouchy Old Men movie. <laughs> uh, Mike Novak. Yeah. I wrote the damn check right. myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I wrote the bill. Right. Uh, so, uh, Mike Novak, are the Democrats too wimpy for their own good? Young man, go. I want to say that in hearing your conversation about Barack Obama before the 2016 elections, you can draw a straight line between him and Robert Mueller. And what I mean by that is they are so by the book, they think that's what will save them and us, our society. We have gone so far past the book that it's quaint. <laughs> yeah. It's almost quaint to watch what they do. Um, and I, I felt bad for Mueller because he assumed people were going to read that report. We do not read. This is America. He should know what country he's in. Um, and but in a, but the the problem is in a broader sense he's correct. Obama's correct. We sh the system should protect us, but it doesn't from rogue actors and bad actors like Donald Trump and his ilk. Uh, and that's where the problem we're in now. We had two guys um, who wanted to do it so by the book, and they said history will judge us. The problem is history might say you didn't act. You didn't do what was really necessary at the time. I'm not so, you know, and, and there are various ways that could go, but that's kind of my take on that is that they, I admire them for being by the book. On the other hand, I want to say, well, who's the person who's standing up for the average American in this case and, and for what's really going on, which is the subversion of our democratic institutions? Yeah. Well, uh, you play it by the book. Someone's going to hit you over the head with the book. And that's just <laughs> what happened. And Monroe's line that he had, which is such a good one, I wrote it down. I'm going to use it and not give him any credit for it, uh, is that, uh, no, I'll always give you credit, all right, uh, is that Donald Trump stole the election. And as a result, he's president of the United States and he can't be indicted. Uh, so uh, that's not true either. That's just an opinion by the DOJ. Yeah, that's just an, And that's what I don't get no. is that why don't we have people saying this is just an opinion? It's their opinion. It's not my personal opinion. It's not the opinion of probably 120 million people in the United States or more. It's the opinion of this a certain time and place in the United States in the 1970s. And they made an opinion yeah. about this. And now as, as, in reality reaction to um, the Clinton investigation. 
That's what. That's oh, what it was a Clinton. It was it. Yeah. Okay, I thought yeah. I, came, I thought it came straight from Watergate, Watergate. but it's, uh, it's the Clinton. I, I I can't remember what the opinion. I thought, but it, was, but it is a DOJ opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not a law. I, it's an opinion. I think it's out of the nineties. Uh, I don't know. I can't. Uh, remember. Yeah. I thought you it was seventies myself, but, but, or whatever. but it's an opinion. Yeah, yeah it's, right, opinion. it's an old opinion. Is the yeah, point? Yeah, right. Exactly. Whether nineties or seventies, it's an old opinion. Understanding. You know, this is like in the Ten Commandments. So it was written. So shall they be done. Yeah, and they're following. I thought that was what the Constitution. Was all about. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, uh, folks, Mike Novak has uh, is an expert on the environment. He has his own radio show where he talks about the environmental issues and gardening issues, etc., and so forth. And a lot of times, when he comes to the show, we talk about uh, local Chicago uh, environmental issues, recycling, etc., and so forth. But let's place Chicago in the context, Mike, of the world. All right. We do live in the world. Chicago is in the world. I've, uh, that's my AOC quote. When everybody, whenever anybody busts me now. Nowadays, I say I live in the world. Yes, that, you know, I live in the I, world. Not I live just in the, the world, Chicago. Yeah. Uh, so last night at the debate, uh, climate change came up as an issue, uh-huh. and uh, the moderates on the stage of the John Delaney persuasion were adamant. Uh, in saying that the Bernies and the Elizabeth Warrens and the AOC are going too far. They're going to scare off people. I'm just doing my best to yeah, paraphrase. I know, I they're they're going to scare off people uh, with their Green, green New Deal talk. And the way to save the planet uh, is... Because it costs $93 trillion. Did you hear that? I heard that. Somebody said $93 trillion. It couldn't have been a Republican, could it? Yeah, it was probably a Republican. Of so, course it was a Republican. That's the whole point, is, right. that, is that we're playing their, we're dancing to their little tune, which is, we can't save the planet. It's going to cost too much money. So let the So what if all the people die. are dead? Yeah. yeah. So what if we're all dead? All right. So first of all, how dangerous, dangerous in your humble opinion? You were saying this off the mic. Uh, the, the, uh, how close are we? Well, facing? Monroe was saying this too. We're talking about different things going on. The, the, the boreal forest near the Arctic circle is on fire. Literally there are, you know, there are, there are forest fires and the forest isn't even that tall up there. You know, you got, you got trees that can grow maybe 10 feet because that's all they can handle up there and they're on fire uh the permafrost is melting as we speak i read an article yesterday about this and a scientist went "Ooh, this is a lot worse than i thought it was and this is every time we go out and check these things the scientists come back and say "Ooh, this is a lot worse than we thought it was and yet we have these i don't even know what to call them anymore the the people who are are supposedly running the country but the thing that bernie and elizabeth warren have right is that we're at the behest of the big corporations and they'll they'll make money up until the the whole planet catches on fire and then they'll run to their shelter and they'll live two weeks longer than anybody else on the planet and that (laughs) that will be their reward yeah Mm -hmm. wow that's mike novak he should be running for president of the united states d uh and uh so what did you think of the debate Uh, on this matter it was painful okay it's just painful to watch it's it's there's too many people and i understand and believe me the people who say well we shouldn't have as many people uh i i say well shall we go back to the smoke-filled room and have them decide who's going to be out here no i i think you we should do this but there's what we're finding out in 2016 and now uh, 2020 or 2019 is that uh, when you have that many people on stage, you cannot accomplish anything. So how do no, we narrow? No, this? no. What I meant was, what did you think about uh, oh. the, uh, the, the tone <laughs> of the tenor? Yeah, yeah I actually uh, completely disagree with you uh, on the debate okay. format, uh, which is I don't want to lose the larger point. Uh, I love 
this uh, weeding out process. And I thought last night, uh, we talked about this earlier, Leah was talking about this earlier, they they did a far better job than the uh, previous uh, hosts of the show of, 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 uh, and I'm sorry. and I'm reading this morning them getting hammered for, uh, for 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 the way they addressed it last night and cutting off people just when they're getting to the interesting stuff is says okay you're out of time it's like can you give me an 18 second sound bite and if you can't I'm just going to cut you off all right uh, which you just did to me uh, and uh, <laughs> just know. saying I could be uh, I could be a moderator yeah, you could for be that a moderator he was Correct. just giving us an example he was giving us <laughs> an example <laughs> thank you Monroe. all right so no, what I what I was getting at was when we got when they got into the section where they talked about uh, climate change and uh-huh. what they would do about it. They're, like the debate was in different sections. When they finally got to the environment section, what was your uh, attitude about the tone and tenor of that portion? Well, I think uh, I understand when people like Buttigieg says we've got about 10 years. Uh, the problem is it's always misunderstood. It's it's much more nuanced than that. We, we have 10 years to really... Well, if you if you look at guys like Guy McPherson, I mentioned him during the break. He was a professor emeritus at uh, Arizona University of Arizona, and he writes a blog called Nature Bats Last. And he's been saying I had him on my show back when I was at Progresso Radio down the dial. Yeah. You know, like the soup. Uh, And um, uh, I had him on and at that was five or six years ago. And he was already saying, ah, we're pretty cooked. Uh, and he was already preparing for end times. He says we should be in hospice right now, the planet, in hospice, mm. because we've gone too far and we can't pull it back. So and do what you can, be good to each other, and wave goodbye to Give everybody. Give me the morphine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, now, is he right? I don't know. I'm not a climate scientist, but I read enough to think we're in a lot more trouble than the than too many people believe. They want to believe that we can continue as normal and then as magically, you know, like the airplane diving and then pull it out of the dirt. Oh, we're saved. Um, It doesn't work that way. Not with carbon dioxide, not with methane. And if we're releasing these methane bombs in the, uh, uh, the Arctic, in the tundra, there's no way to put that back in. There's no way to put that back in the ground. The the, the ice uh, is melting in, in Greenland and at a horrific rate. Again, faster. The scientists keep coming back from Greenland saying, well, it's going a lot faster than I thought. So when Buttigieg says that, he's actually right. That But what he but he's going to be perceived by uh, too many people as crazy and, and a crazy liberal because he says it's that urgent. Yeah. Um, but he's right. But nobody's going to listen to him. So how do we deal with that? Uh, yes, good They question. have to say it over and over and over and over and over again, and everybody has to agree. But what he just set up was a talking point for the right, which will say, oh, Buttigieg thinks the world's going to end in 2030. And yeah. that will be the quote. Yeah, you know, one of the things that disturbs me is we have all this extreme weather going on now. And on, on, on the nightly newscast on the various stations, they say, oh, we got a record this and a record that. Every time they say that, they should say global warming or climate change behind that. 
I mean, it should be just, it should be climate part of crisis script. is right, what, climate and, crisis. and you know, okay. and this is what people say now, you can't even say, you, okay, global warming became like feminism. If you use it, it will be used against you. Right. Then it became climate change right. and, and everybody adapted to it. It's like, like we adapt to insecticides yeah. and things like that. Right. And it ceased to mean anything. Well, and okay. now we need to say climate crisis or something else. Yeah. And over every time there's an incident where we have this record, whatever it is, they should say caused by this is part of the climate well, crisis. Well, that's where, by the way, weathermen, uh, TV weathermen would really be uh, allies. And I... I guess I could see their point of view. Well, we don't want to get in the middle of a, a, a political debate and a discussion, so they stay out of it. But a lot of people... And they... Okay. And my weather guy on my show, Rick DeMaio, who's teaches cli- uh, climate change, he teaches climate science and weather at Loyola and at uh, Oakton and at Lewis University. Uh, he, he takes it on and he comes on our, my radio show and he criticizes the local uh, uh, weathercasters with the exception of Skilling, who yeah. does talk about it. Right. But he says the others, they really need to get on the case here and, and, and say it out loud or it's, nobody's going to believe it. All right, well, let's go back to the specifics of last night's debate. And last night's debate, uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren on this particular issue now mm-hmm. were effectively challenged by Delaney and uh, Hickenlooper and uh, I think old boy from Montana, Bullock as well, uh, but mostly Delaney and Hickenlooper by saying uh, the the Green New Deal, it brings in extraneous issues and uh, as a result will be too easily... Uh, you mean like social justice? Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. We let's. I'll tell you what, let's just carve social justice out of it. Yeah. I'll tell you what, let's sign that bill on the south side yeah. while we're doing it as well in, in one of the, uh, the the ash pits there on the south side yeah. so, and, and have those folks watch and applaud us while we're doing it. Well, a, a good friend of our show, I want to give a, sh- a shout out to Heidi Henry. She pointed this out. Um, Heidi Henry uh, is uh, a candidate for was a candidate for state senator in a Trump land, and uh, but she still ran as a New Deal Democrat. Uh, she lost, uh, but I gave her credit for sticking by her guns. Mm-hmm. And one of the things she said when she came on the show, and I'm doing my best to paraphrase it, is that when people in Chicago of the liberal persuasion uh, talk about the need uh, to let's say uh, get rid of coal. And uh, they're being insensitive to a large degree to people whose livelihood comes from the coal industry. And so that uh, liberals and environmentalists should think about the economic consequences of the policies they're espousing. The whole point of the Green New Deal is to do just that. So if you're saying we're going to eradicate the coal industry, we're going to have jobs for the people who lose their jobs because we eradicated the coal industry and yet you get delaney ripping them for linking jobs to environment do you follow what i'm saying i I follow exactly what you're saying and you're exactly right and i'm still wondering what we're doing to 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 save the typewriter repairmen who <laughs> lost their jobs uh 40 years ago what 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 the heck what why didn't we have what that about job? the blacksmiths yeah really Okay, are you guys being <laughs> facetious? A little bit. Are you guys uh, being no, sarcastic? You're you're right, Ben. What can I tell you? The the idea of a green new deal, there's a reason why the words new deal are attached to that because it's it's all encompassing and you can't have an in, in 
you can't change your environment without environmental justice because we know where most of the environmental degradation happens and it's not in highland park illinois okay yeah um and unless or lake forest or lake forest or, or, or hinsdale or wherever yeah Point. exactly well to do suburbs yeah uh it is the places where there are poor people so you have to address that issue too and you have to do it realistically and one of the things that is we talk about the green new deal as if it really exists it's just the vaguest of ideas right now and and i like elizabeth warren's quote last night she said well, why do you bother run running if uh if you're oh, not going to yeah, challenge right, any yeah. I, do we have yeah. that one denny uh, you don't yeah. by any chance no, have that clip one. do you yeah. what was the clip the one where uh elizabeth warren warren challenged um Oh, oh, Delaney. Delaney. Delaney, yeah. Delaney was on the receiving end of everything last well, night. such a wimp. I know. I'm scared of everything. I'll look for it. Uh, <laughs> I made a fortune uh, in business. And, uh, and, and and her point was, why are you bothering if you don't have big ideas? Yeah. Just if, if you just want to do the same old, same old, he could run for Congress again. Congress is really good at just same old, same old stuff. Well, actually, I agree with Mike Huckabee. Words I thought would never come out of my mouth, uh, Huckabee. And I thought he should run as a Republican. He should run, uh, Delaney should run as, as, the, a, moderate Republican, as a moderate Republican and cr- recreate that, yeah, that section wing, of American politics. Like. And by the way, and he get 1% of the vote. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but it would, at least it would distract Trump for a moment. He would have to fight Delaney. He'd do a, ser- a greater service running on that platform in the Republican par- primary than he is in the Democratic primary. But I'll tell you, there's still not enough uh, time being devoted to the issue if the planet's going to collapse uh, in a heap in a couple of decades. <laughs> and well, it, see, it, yeah, but, but that's because you have Gore, who's been made into a, a cartoon character. You know, yeah, but he's not on the stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, but they use him. They, 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 I mean, the mm-hmm. damage was done with him. No, it's just like with gun control. Um, the, de- the Democrats lost in, what, it was 96 as a result of... of um, um, gun control and so now nobody wants to talk about it. you talk I mean, about 94 94 yeah. 94 yeah, right. 94, 96, right. when they lost congress yeah, yeah but exactly. the world has changed considerably exactly. yeah. since then and oh, we, I know, we, but we didn't still, have columbine right, at that know, time and they still are afraid that's what i'm saying is it's that old and, but and less afraid safe. less afraid now well i mean Buttigieg is one of those people that's not afraid of that all right issue. let me ask you this what alternative have the republicans come up with for uh climate change uh, policies. Uh, if they don't like what the Democrats are doing, no, they. What they're arguing is that um, we're hurting the energy industry, therefore hurting mm-hmm. American jobs. So well, greed is good, and death is not. So did you see what happened in Ohio just the other day, what? where they just signed in a new uh, bailout the nuclear industry. Uh, uh, bill and um, it includes let's keep some of those coal fire plants going. I mean, it's everybody in the world hated that bill except the utilities and the people who were going to make money on it. Um, environmentalists hated it, hated it, and even some conservatives because of the giveaway they hated. It. Everybody hated it, but guess what? It passed in Ohio and it got signed by the governor, and now it's going to be law unless it's challenged somehow. And I don't even know how they would do that. All right. Well, so in other words, the Republicans have no alternative. No, that's nothing. And that's no what word. I don't understand yeah. about the American public is they don't see that one side actually has ideas. And what the other side does is just shoot them down. And that's the end of the game. Well, 
Doesn't the other side have to come up with something? Yeah, that's because of the tribalism right now, the division. It's you know, if if you're a Cubs fan, then anything the White Sox does is bad. If you're a White Sox fan, vice versa, and and and. I mean, it's to an extreme. I mean, it's amazing. How do we get out of that, Monroe? I I don't know. Because I I agree with you. I think, I mean, and I feel myself being part of that. And maybe I'm part of the problem. But at some point, we have to accomplish something because we... Well, see, no, that's the problem is because um, the Republicans aren't interested in getting out of it. So there's no compromise because they're not interested in anything that would be a solution. They're looking at the bottom line, the, the, the money part of it, and the guys who are giving them the money. And it's, 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 it's very scary. And very and short it, term. And very short term. And what we have Although they claim do, that they have the, the long term, the long game in mind, and whereas the Democrats don't. That's what I hear all the time as oh, well. Oh, yeah, because they lie. Well, they, I, I would never say the Republicans have the long uh, game in mind. The Republicans, and this is their strength as well as their weakness, they're constantly looking at what's in front of them right now. Right. And as Monroe says, they'll worry about what comes tomorrow by just lying. But right, right now, there's an election to win, they, and they probably perceived that uh, they can win without addressing the issue of climate change uh, uh, as opposed to mocking. They can mock climate change. Okay, th- this, this is the solution. And talk about Baltimore. This is the solution. Oh, write this down, Ben. Ser- seriously. I'm writing it down right now. Um, impeach Trump. Okay, got that. Impeach him. Okay. Indict him. Okay. Have a landslide where you where we, we gain the House and the Senate and the White House and wipe out as many Republicans as possible <laughs> okay. to where they become the Whigs and okay. they have to rebuild. All right. And in the meantime, some progress could be done. Okay, you're forgetting a third part of what you always say. There's three eyes. Oh, yeah, no. Right, exactly. Sorry. Impeach, <laughs> indict, imprison. All right, that's Monroe Anderson. <laughs> oh, oh, and, and he forgot one other thing. I didn't hear tar and feather in yeah. there at all. <laughs> that's the Monroe Anderson <laughs> Uh, doctrine because these are modern uh, times so oh, okay i'm do. sorry we have the great sergio oh. mims sitting on deck we're going to oh. bring him on the pride and joy of black harvest film festival and uh, i know he has some ideas he's going to save the planet as well sergio mims. good uh he's got some ideas to save the planet uh and we'll be right back after this so i think democrats win when we run on real solutions not impossible promises when we run on things that are workable, not fairy tale economics. Look at the story of Detroit, this amazing city that we're in. This city is turning around because the government and the private sector are working well together. That has to be our model going forward. We need to encourage collaboration between the government, the private sector, and the nonprofit sector, and focus on those kitchen table, pocketbook issues that matter to hardworking Americans, building infrastructure, creating jobs, improving their pay, Thank you, Congressman. creating universal health care, lowering drug prices. Senator we can Warren. do it. You know, I don't understand why anybody goes to all the trouble of running for president of the United States just to talk about what we really can't do and shouldn't fight for. <laughs> Today's Ben Jaromsky Show was brought to you in part by Chicago Architecture Center. Get to know your city on one of Chicago Architecture Center's 65 walking tours. Hear the unforgettable secrets and stories behind Chicago architecture from our expert docents. Book your tour at architecture.org tours. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm actually on a tour right now. Oh, wow. Look at that building. Part of Joe's generation. I'm all part of Joe's generation.
should let me respond. The issue, if I may say, is not generational. Please, please. The issue is not generational. The issue is who has the guts to take on Wall Street? All right, everybody, our friends and co-hosts at the Sun-Times are, hey, how's it going, Sergio? All right. Our good friends at the uh, co-hosts at the Sun-Times are offering you, yes, you, our listeners, an exclusive deal on unlimited digital access to all, that's A-L-L, all, the stories that you love. Unlock every feature, video, and podcast, just like the Ben Jarofsky Show, by signing up now for a digital subscription. For a limited time only, you, once again, you, the listener, can lock in our lowest rate yet, only $29.99 for a full year of all the news that you need to know. Stay up to date on breaking stories. Get the deep dives and investigations from Sun-Times reporters. Cheer for the big games with the best sports team in the city and go deep inside City Hall with best in-class political reporting. $29.99 for a full year of unlimited access. I Googled it. I did deep research. Looked it over with a fine-tooth comb. You cannot do better than that. Take advantage of this exclusive deal now at suntimes.com forward slash Ben, that's B-E-N. Speaking of, now back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from Chicago Sun-Times. We are live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Sergio Mims has joined us. The, the co- can I, say, can yes. I say off the top of the head, yeah. I, I meant to be here earlier, Yeah, but, but that heroin addict meth head convention that goes on in uh, Grant Park. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, Lollapalooza. <laughs> oh, there goes our Lollapalooza sponsorship right out the window. <laughs> you know. That uh, delayed me. Uh, I see. All right. Well, it's all hey. good because you're going to be here for. I know. I remember know Michael him. Michael <laughs> I think that book. Uh, people, uh, our listeners can't see it unless they're watching on the uh, the live feed. Uh, about a month ago, we had. I was on the show when were this you came on the show in. With I Andy was. Schneider, I just looked yeah. over and saw this booklet. Yeah. and went, "Oh, it hasn't left the studio no. since I was here." Mike, I can't tell you how many of our guests, I keep it there for the guests, they see that booklet. It's a booklet, folks, it's a program from a f- political fundraiser in 1970s. It, it, it really is a 77. Portal, 77. It's a portal to the past. A local Chicago politician named John Marson, long forgotten by anybody. But it's just, you go back to 1970, it's like you go back to 1970, every guest that comes in here picks it up and they're like, well, <laughs> it is. Uh, right. Because the picture here, Mayor Blandick, with, with the expression on his face, I should have shoveled that snow. <laughs> but, <laughs> but actually, I should I should amend that. Anybody who's above the age of a millennial, millennials looking like, what is this right. thing, huh? <laughs> the world existed before I was born? I didn't know that. Uh, anyway, and I'd, by the way, I would have been here earlier too, except yeah. um, I missed my exit because I was texting my bookie while I was driving down uh, here, <laughs> and uh, I just totally missed it. And boy, there uh, I was in downtown. In memoriam, we're going uh, to bring on Sergio get an update on the Black Harvest Film Festival and talk more politics. But uh, the uh, Dennis, you got an update for us? Absolutely, I do. Another former 2019 Chicago mayoral candidate looking for another city hall gig. Robert Mueller, is that correct? That's correct. Oh. Well, he says it's correct. Ah, <laughs> drop-ins. Oh, drop-ins. Oh, he's, oh, he's good. He's good. The following <laughs> comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and the one and only Fran, the woe man, Spielman. Paul Vallis uh, is, it, the headline here says, Paul Vallis vying to be city council's independent financial analyst. But will Lightfoot allow former rival to get job? Paul Vallis is maneuvering behind the scenes to become the city council's $111,144 a year financial analyst, fueling questions about whether Mayor Lightfoot would allow the job to go to her formal rival or whether aldermen should make their own choice independent 
of the mayor's office. Five years ago, the city council voted to create a $301,216 a year independent budget office to provide aldermen with expert advice on fiscal issues. Ben Jarofsky, we turn to you. Your thoughts here on Paul Vallis, maybe going for the city council gig. And will Mayor Lightfoot allow it? All right. Let me answer the second uh, question first. The answer is no, she will not allow it. And then I will respond to that one. She shouldn't have a say in it. One more time, people. We're supposed to have an executive branch, the mayor, and a legislative branch, the city council. And the legislative branch is supposed to be independent of the executive branch. So if the legislative branch wants to put Mike Novak in charge of the financial position, they should. If they want Sergio Mims, they should. If they want Leah, they should. If they want Dr. Especially Dean, Leah. They should. Yeah. If, and if they want Paul Vallis, they should. But just the fact that we ask, will Lori Lightfoot allow the city council to hire Paul Vallis shows everything that's wrong with what goes on in the city of Chicago. And yet, people in the city of Chicago, they buy into it. Mike Novak and Sergio Mims, they go, oh, yeah, the mayor should be all powerful. Yeah, no, our wise not mayor. everybody. Not, not everybody. everybody. Right, no, no. You. There's a few people that disagree. There's a few. I, I know Sergio Mims agrees with me this on 100%. Why do the city councilmen, the aldermen, allow the mayor to dictate to them who their financial overseer should be, Sergio? Because that's the way they've always done it. Yes, sir. Yes, yes ma'am. <laughs> Whatever you want. Yes. Yes. Just a nodding head. Yes. 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 Whatever you want. Yeah. Yes. End of story. Correct. Let's go home. Yeah. And that's right. pretty much everything that's wrong with the city of Chicago. Well, no, nah, there's a lot more than that. But uh, so anyway, so will she do it? No, D. I think Paul Vallis has shown he's too much of a maverick for Lori Lightfoot to want to put up with him. What? Uh, in Chicago? Yeah, a maverick? in Chicago maverick. What? Uh, uh, too what? dangerous. Are they going to put somebody in who's a little more reliable, a little more dependable? That's my prediction. Of course, I was wrong when I predicted about the debate last night, so I'm not always yeah, right. you're wrong a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I must say, like I said, I didn't see the debate last night. Oh, I, um, Sergio. Uh, Oh, I don't know. I That's said, okay. That's good. What's the point? That's healthy. You know, and you know, it's another one tonight. Yes, right? there is. You could see that one. Yeah, but then, I, then I'm going to have to see how Kamala Harris oh. was on the front line again of some civil rights issue. Yeah. You know, she was on the Pettus Bridge. <laughs> you know, I... Uh-oh. Sarcasm! You know, she was... I don't know. Don't you have she, a rim shot in there, actually, Daddy? Actually... <laughs> Actually, she uh, was actually on the bus with Rosa Parks, but somehow they passed her and they picked up Rosa Parks instead. What is she going to be on the front line of? You know what she was on the front line of? Putting black men in prison. That she was on the front line of. All right, hold on one second, Sergio. I have to have a little sip of my Kamala Kool-Aid. So you don't want to go to our Kamala Harris party this weekend? No, I do not. Okay. Just checking. Quit picking on Kamala. No, I have to because she's about as phony as a $3 bill. Wow. You won't be saying that when she's the nominee. She won't be the nominee. I tell you what, if she's the nominee, Trump is going to win because no black votes are going for her. I disagree I with that one. No, they're not. Who, they are th not. They're going to go for Biden? They will go for, no, yeah, they're for Biden. Yeah. Not her. And here's the reason why. Go. Okay. I go back to high school. Okay. Yeah. It all begins in high school. Yeah, because always. everything, when you look at politics, is high school. Yes. Okay. I agree with you 100% uh, yeah. on that one. Like, write that school. one down. Yeah, That's I, a good I, one. I, he stole it from me. But oh, anyway, okay. go ahead. No. Yeah. Well, I stole it for myself. You yeah. stole it from me. Okay. Kamala Harris yeah. is like when I was in high school, mm -hmm. that light-skinned bougie chick who, who didn't associate with the other black kids unless it was necessary for her to.
And then when she did try to be with the black kids, it was always awkward. Like her talking in that black scent when she's talking to (laughs) black people. Or when she says she was smoking reefer and listening to um, Tupac Tupac 10 years before he came out. Right. Oh, she had no problem smoking (laughs) reefer, but she was putting black men in prison for smoking. What? Can't argue with that point. I can't argue with refer, that point. Putting parents in prison because their children went went uh, tu- truant in school. I right? can't argue with any she of this. She was on the front line of that, yes. right? But let me see what she's going to say tonight. She was with, uh, gee, I don't know. She was on the March of Washington. What is she going to be on the front line of <laughs> yeah. tonight in terms of civil Valid rights? point. All right. Now, I, I can't argue with anything you just said. Uh, Kamala- but, but, but going back to... Uh, can ahead. I say about, about black voters? Okay. Yes. Uh, Very many, forgiving. Many, many black voters are saying, okay, we're tired of this. We're tired of someone who has never associated with us, who went out of her way never even to be identified as black until it was necessary for her to. She, she was Indian. She was anything else about that. She never calls her African-American. Yes. She, she calls herself, herself black. black. Mm-hmm. She's not ADOS. Right. American descendants of slavery. Yes. She is not. And black people are saying, we've had enough. Wait, we had this conversation the last time we were on the show, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Did we have not? Did we not know. have this? Because this is this is what Donnie Trump Jr. tweeted out right after uh, when she. Yeah, uh, but he deleted it. Right. Yeah, he deleted but, but he, it. He, and so it's, it's going to be a he, Trump talking point. Oh, yeah, it is. It will be a Trump talking You know what he's going to say. Which is, by the I way. I can tell you what he's going to say. Who, Donnie? He's all, no, Trump. He's always yeah. bragging about black employment went up. Yeah. You know what he's going to say? He's right. going to say. I put black people to work yes, he's while she was that. putting black people in prison. No, he's not going to say it. Well, yes, he yeah. will. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's yes, exactly what yeah. he's going to say. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so with the, many of the same arguments that you just uh, articulated against Kamala Harris. Uh, or as she says when you're talking to a black audience, Kamala. All right. Let me, people can come I just me finish my Kamala. Uh, have and will be uh, leveled against uh, Joe Biden. You know that. Well, well, All right. Well, so what's your response to that? He's got the saving grace. Obama. Yes. You and I, we see eye to eye on that one. Wingman. He's got the saving grace. And if he can sing Amazing Grace, he's (laughs) in. He's so in. But then then you know what? I hate when politicians, black and white, pander to black audiences. I hate that. I remember when Joe Biden gave that speech at the NAACP. They're going to put you in chains. They always do that. And I hate, just tell us what you're going to do. Don't affect uh, uh, a black scent. Well, let me ask you this. Do you, do you have greater appreciation for uh, for Donald Trump who lets everybody know what he thinks of you? Uh, yeah, or Reagan or Nixon, as you read those <laughs> yes. tapes the other day, oh which goodness. are no surprise. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. surprise. No. You remember what Nixon did. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Reagan went, how did he announce his campaign? At Philadelphia, Mississippi, Mississippi. 1980. You know, talking about states' rights. Yeah. You know, right, let me just let me have you weigh in on the discussion uh, that we had briefly. In I'm, I'm going to duck out. You don't need me here anymore. Oh, right? we no, I'm kidding. You. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Did I scare you? <laughs> uh, no, no. I just I just realized that uh, he is now alpha in the room. So all I have, I'm just going to just <laughs> no step no, aside. No, no. Uh, yeah, it's just we Sergio. Need Novak. Yeah, we, Sergio coming in hot today. Hey, Elliot, it's cooling <laughs> off. Logan. You know what? It was that damn herring convention in the park. Yeah, I said, man, I'm going to be there. Right. I'm going to be there late oh man i'm always there early on time 
All right, let me ask you this. Uh, by the way, uh, Sergio will be sticking around. As I've already mentioned, we're going to have a bonus feature coming up at 3.30. We're, we're going to have uh, three Tarantino geeks in the studio. Uh, Chris Adams, Chris Buddy, and Sergio discussing a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I almost said America D, and I looked at you. I, and I, I said, you saying that. that. I almost said that it, but I looked at him, and he was like, don't say it. So I said Hollywood. I love that movie. But why did they do that? Why did they, you know, the, 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 that's so close to the other title that people that's are going to make point, that mistake. That's, there's a point, be, but we're not going to go there a marketing now thing? because I know oh, okay. that Sergio will will not be able to uh, resist and he's going to give something away. So I don't want to give anything oh, away. Spoiler a alert. Spoiler. Okay. So we're not going to go there. All right. Well, thank right. you for letting me know that. Then. Yes, but it's a great I'll flick. Keep that I, in I mind. urge you to go see it. The next time you're in the show, I'm going to ask you about this. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, and uh, so Sergio Mims, I have to ask you to weigh in on this discussion. Uh, we came up when earlier with when Monroe was here, uh, I was alluding to Marianne Williamson's uh, performance last night when she brought up 40 acres in a mule. Mm -hmm. And uh, without getting in the intricacies of what she said, uh, I have to ask you this. I said that I gave her credit for bringing up 40 acres in a mule, uh, but I'm not sure that it really worked because I don't think there's widespread knowledge of what it relates to. And uh, Monroe Anderson disagree with me. Dr. D disagree with me, and Leia disagree. Everybody disagree. I disagree with you. As okay, well. so let's just make it. You, you, no, no, you I agree with you. I don't think you, you agree with me yeah, that most people do not know what do for. Know. Okay, they Particularly do. Wait, time out. And it, do, you, you, do, you, do you think they do or do not know? You do not know. Okay, I don't do think they know, know either. I just, oh, then you agree with me. I, well, I just think I have to give her credit for bringing it up. Oh, no, I was, yeah. I love her for bringing it up. That, that but, My point was that I just didn't think, I, I applauded her for bringing it up because I thought it was a good way to introduce the idea to people who don't know about it. And that's where Monroe said, oh, everybody knows And if she it. had said Google it, a lot of people would now know about that who didn't know about it before. Well, yes. probably, I, I assume some are, some yeah. did. Yeah. The other thing is that if you know her, if you know her reputation, she has done this thing for years where she has black and white people together and she has white people beg forgiveness from black people uh, and reconciliation. She's been doing that for a long time. Now, I didn't see the uh, debate last night, but I was hearing that she came off a lot better than she did the first time. Okay, people are not allowed to come in and say, I didn't see it, and I talk. That's like the people come in and <laughs> no, they but say, here's the thing. I haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, no, 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 but, but I read a review about no, no, it. No, 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 but here's the thing. Go. If that is what people are talking about, then last night's debate must not have been so great. Uh, well, it was pretty good. What she did uh, deserved. I said it words. earlier. I said it was painful. Two and a half hours of pain and misery. All right. Why what do you it say? Okay, go into that a because, little bit. <laughs> uh, because we got to hear people who, who have no chance in yeah. the world being there. And then we've got to hear people staking claims to something they might or might not believe in because they got to be different from somebody else. And then we hear uh, just like Klobuchar. Oh, my. My goodness go home already go back to the snow please i mean she <laughs> might, might be a really terrific senator but yeah. but what a terrible night she had and on and on and um can we i'm just i'm looking forward to when we have five people oh, on september stage. when they well, winnow it down well, you see that's it's, the point yeah, what American is the Island. point of this i mentioned this last time at the last debate yeah. which i saw both debates yes. right you were here the in the studio talking this? about which is it. that why you have all these people it doesn't matter well because most of them are gone and talk about kobocha had a miserable night so did the people who used to work for her 
<laughs> but of course, <laughs> hello, da, 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 da. Sergio Mims, be wow. zanies, tip your waitress. Uh, you know, we, uh, well, no, I'm not even going to go Don't even go, go there, Mike Novak. <laughs> Mike Novak, Sergio Mims of the studio. We'll be right back after this. Today's Ben Jaromsky show was brought to you in part by Chicago Architecture Center. Discover the breadth and majesty of Chicago's architecture on a Chicago Architecture Center bus tour. From bungalows to Bauhaus, our expert docents will share the fascinating stories behind our city's architecture. Book your tour at architecture.org tours. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm actually on a bus tour right now. Oh my, look at that wonderful piece of architecture. Get a special discount for Illinois residents from July 15th to August 15th. All Illinois residents get 50% off select walking tours. Visit architecture.org slash IL dash resident. The issue of gun safety, of course, is that the NRA has us in a chokehold. But so do the pharmaceutical companies, so do the health insurance companies, so do the fossil fuel companies, and so do the defense contractors. And none of this will change until we either pass a constitutional amendment or pass legislation that establishes public funding for federal campaigns. But for politicians, including my fellow candidates, who themselves have taken tens of thousands and in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars from these same corporate donors to think that they now have the moral authority to say, we're going to take them on, I, I don't think the Democratic Party should be surprised that so many Americans believe yada, yada, yada. It is time for us to start over with people who have not taken uh, donations from any of these corporations and can stay with real moral authority. That is over. We are going to establish public funding for federal campaigns. That's what we need to stand up to. We need to have a constitutional amendment. We need to have, pu we need to have legislation to do it. Thank and you. until we do it, it's just the same Thank old, you. same Thank old. Today's Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you in part by Green Element Resale. It's located at 6241 North Broadway in Chicago. And people, it is amazing. Furniture, appliances, lamps, books, clothes, antiques. It's a thrift shop, but it's the only thrift shop in Chicago that helps bring you the Ben Jarofsky show. So if you're ever on Broadway between Granville and Devon, tell them thank you and go check out Green Element Resale, 6241 North Broadway, and find more information at greenelementresale.com. Now listen to this right here. This is all the money you'll save when you go to this place. Whoa, my goodness. Money, money, money. Like $200, it sounded like. <laughs> Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. All right. Yes, indeed. We are back. Ben Jarofsky Show with me in the studio, Mike Novak, Sergio Mims. Uh, and uh, we're going to get to our Leah uh, last word from Leah. But first, you got an update for me, D? Uh, it's an update. I just got audio here that I've yet to play from last night's debate. So I'll let you guys pick which one you want to hear. We'll hear it and we'll riff on it. How's that sound? All right. All right. So uh, how about that? Uh, I got the Hickenlooper Bernie moment. I uh, We played that Delaney Warren one earlier that Novak was talking about. Uh, we got Mayor Pete. We got, well, we need some music here. There we go. Okay. All right. Uh, Marianne, the reparations comment. Uh, Elizabeth Warren and Steve Bullock. Take your pick. I'll go with, do we do Hickenlooper? No, uh, we have not. The Hickenlooper-Bernie moment. This happened between. Yeah. Let's do Hickenlooper and Bernie. Bernie Sanders and uh, John Hickenlooper. Former Guys, governor, because uh, Bernie's meds kicked in last night, so it was really good. <laughs> no old people jokes. Okay, go Then gets really mad about those. <laughs> All right. He got tased old. before the show, and he really responded so, well. Again, I, I think if we're going to force Americans to make these radical changes, they're not going to go along. You, you Throw your hands up. But you, oh, you haven't. <laughs> oh, I can do it. 
haven't implemented the plans. Us governors and mayors are the ones that we have to pick up all the pieces well, when suddenly the government's supposed to take over all these responsibilities and there's no preparation, the details aren't worked. You can't just spring a plan on the world and expect it to succeed. John. Senator Sanders. John, I was a mayor and I helped transform That's my true, city. Fair. I have some practical experience. Second of all, on, interestingly enough, today is the anniversary of Medicare. 54 years ago, under Linda Johnson and the Democratic Congress, they started a new program after one year, 19 million elderly people in it. Please don't tell me that in a four-year period, we cannot go from 65 down to 55 to 45 to 35. This is not radical. This is what virtually every other country on Thank Earth you, does. Senator. All right. That uh, exchange was over uh, Medicare for all, Mike Novak uh, mm. and uh, Hickenlooper. This was a theme that Hickenlooper and John Delaney uh, and Steve Bullock came uh, back to time and time again in the debate. They're the three moderates in the race. They were saying that the Bernie and Elizabeth Warren wing of the Democratic Party is too, are too extreme. Uh, their programs are too unrealistic. They'll never happen. So we would already talked about the practical implications that that has for the environment. In other words, don't do anything because it's too difficult to get anything done. Uh, but that they were in, in this particular case, they were talking about health care. Uh, which is your general reaction to that notion that it's too extreme and uh, too uh, unrealistic? So don't propose anything. So where are all the people for the, who for while for the past 45 years we've been tacking hard to the right or saying that's too extreme that's too extreme and suddenly we come back to the center where the rest of the world is and it's way too far left that's how that works it's a matter of perspective absolutely i well put sergio um people like hick and luker and tim ryan tim ryan also as well right. yep. Congress clearly ryan. tim ryan yeah you're not going to win this election trying to win over trump voters Okay, forget them. What you have to do is to bring out the vote. That's what has to be done. That's what happened in 2016. People stayed home. I've said this many times on your show. People stayed home because they didn't like either candidate. This year, you really, the Democrats want to win. They have to bring out the vote. Get all those people who didn't vote last time or realize they made a terrible mistake and get them to the polls. You're not going to do it by what Hickenlooper is doing or Tim Ryan is doing. Let's try to get those angry white guys to come out and and their wives who also voted for for Trump because they didn't want to get beat up at home by their husbands. So well, they, okay. <laughs> the, word, the words and opinions of Sergio, Sergio Mims, Mims are those of Sergio Mims. I, I told you to vote for him. Okay. So, um, wow. Right, okay, sue me. Right, sue me. All right. I agree with you, you actually. You have so. to turn out the vote. I agree with you 100% on that That's point. That's the point. Yeah. I, Did you, I, I, read, I read an article in anticipation of the debate yeah. about Detroit, and that's my hometown, you know, Detroit. And one guy who's standing there by his house and his block has more coyotes now and pheasants than it does people. And this is what has happened to my hometown of Detroit. And four, more than four times the number that Hillary lost by yeah. in the state of Michigan did not vote mm-hmm. Uh, versus when they voted for Obama in 2016. So that's what happened. As you say, they didn't show up. Yeah. Right. Look, when, when Sanders beat Clinton in the Michigan primary, right there they should have said, uh-oh, we got trouble. We better be there every other yeah. day. 
to make sure we secure Michigan. She didn't go. Yeah. Or Wisconsin. You got it. Uh, we got one more breaking update here. Uh, you know, all of this talk of the primaries gets me going back to 2016. And, uh, well, we got Ben Carson. Remember Ben Carson, oh, yeah. right? Now what? Today, <laughs> oh, today, Ben Carson uh, in public. Did he has, quit? No, he oh, defended oh. Donald Trump uh, in Baltimore. So uh, we got we got Ben Carson here. We got to hear this. The administration sent Housing comes. and Urban Development Secretary Dr. Ben Carson to West Baltimore. There are problems, and we can't sweep them under the rug. You know, it's sort of like if you have a patient who has cancer and you can dress them up and put a nice suit on them and you can try to ignore it, but that cancer is going to have a devastating effect. But Dr. You Carson's visit was not without controversy. His team cleaned up trash and set up the press. Up on this property right here, it's a church. They say, get off of our property. You know, a church, when we're talking about helping the people, I mean, this is the level to which we have sunken as a society. What I'm saying is, you know, we have a society in which people, instead of trying to be helpful, you know, think only about themselves. Wow. All right. You I, know, I, you know, I, wow. You know, Ben Carson <laughs> yeah. is always so happy when he reports to work every day in the White House through the covenant entrance in the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sergio Mims. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm speechless. speechless. I go back to when I was listening to that 1980, Ronald Reagan showing up in the Bronx. Uh, and standing on a uh, a, yeah. a bombed out a vacant lot, and using that backdrop uh, as an indictment against democratic policies, and then doing nothing, absolutely nothing, uh, to alleviate the poverty and destruction he saw. And it's the same thing with Ben Carson and Donald Trump. They will use a, a vacant lot. They will use a poor neighborhood as a backdrop to indict Democrats, and they will come up with nothing absolutely nothing to help uh, impoverished neighborhoods. And it's the same thing with uh, climate change, Michael Novak. They will use democratic policies to scare people uh, from voting for Democrats, and they will come up with nothing, absolutely nothing to help the fight against climate uh, change. You know, we need we need one of the democratic candidates to have been standing in a flooded farm field in March uh, in in hip boots and talking about the Trump administration and what they're doing to help our rural areas. Uh, it's, it's the same thing. You want a backdrop? There's a backdrop yeah. for you right there. Yeah. Oh, you haven't heard that Trump says that all these African-Americans have been calling up the White House thanking him yeah. for what he <laughs> said about... Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. You know, well, the good yeah. thing about this whole... Baltimore thing is that at least he's not attacking Chicago. Yeah, I know, I know, right? He's right. Chicago. You know, you remember, you remember when he said that he talked to some yes. policeman yes. who told him that he could solve this crime problem in Chicago. Well, we're still waiting. Yeah, who was this policeman, uh, yeah. and why don't you do anything yeah, about it? It was his imaginary policeman friend. All right, D, we got that. You know that special time of the show. Absolutely, it's that time of the program. By the way, everybody, catch the Mike Novak show Sundays nine until eleven. 
a.m. on WCGO 1590 a.m. 95.9 FM. It's a fantastic program. This guy knows a lot. And he he's a very good guy. Stuff. All right. He's good times. All right. It's time for a segment that we like to call Leah's Last Word because, well, Leah's awesome and amazing. And she does a great job with us uh, on social media and getting our guests in the door and out the door. And oh, everybody loves her. She's not wearing her hat. Oh, she's not wearing her hat. <laughs> Get that hat put your on. hat on. You put your hat on. I'll put mine on. Yeah. All right. It's All hat right. day. Sergio's <laughs> left out. Oh. All right. So it's time for a segment that we like to call Leah's Last Word. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hi, Leah. Hi. So in regards to the Green New Deal, Uh-oh. do you think it's comprehensive and drastic enough? Um, it's a drastic enough policy to combat climate change. Because for me, when they say we're going to get to carbon neutral by 2050, it seems like we don't have 31 years. Uh, I, I agree with you. I don't think we have 31 years. Uh, I don't know that it's comprehensive uh, or thorough because, again, it's just an idea. It's just a f- it, it, there are no specifics, let alone an actual law that's going to be passed. This is just, they're floating this out there saying, you know, we have to take action. And I'm glad that at least somebody is doing that. When we get the, the specifics, then we'll find out. And you know what's going to happen to the specifics? They're going to get watered down. It depends on who's in the Congress. You know, if, if things change in 2020, there, there might be a chance for something like this to get passed. If we still have a Republican Senate, regardless of who's the president, it's not going to happen, and we're <laughs> we're going to go over the waterfall uh, in a canoe, basically. So, uh, we we need to address this. We're not addressing it fast enough, in, in my opinion, and and I'm sure you're painfully aware of it because you're going to be around here at a time when I'm probably not going to be. Uh, so um, that's that's my feeling is that it's it's just an idea we can't even get past the idea of it let alone the specifics and that's that's still down the road so if we're sniping at each other over i mean wouldn't it be wonderful everybody said yeah you know that's a good idea we should really address this and we should have a marshall plan for the environment for the for the 21st century but nobody's saying that there's still the same old pushback on the fossil fuel industry they're saying the same old pushback well how much is going to cost to save humanity you know if it costs too much i don't think we should save humanity that just seems crazy don't you think so that's 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 how i feel about it i think that what has to happen is that still the public does not realize what's going on i'll give you an example this sounds simplistic but um last winter when we had those brutally cold winters days most people said, what's the thing about global warming? Yeah. It's too damn cold. Or uh, a day in winter where it's warmer than usual. If this is global warming, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> so true. Yeah. Yeah. This is great, oh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so people don't realize yeah. the danger. And then also what happens a lot of times is that some of the real catastrophes happen in other countries, like what's happened in Pakistan, all these floods, right? And people are that, well, that happened over there, you know. Those people don't care to take care of anything. We don't have anything like that here. It's going to have to have a real major catastrophe before people really wake up. And the Republicans are still propping up these dying industries. Coal is dying. Coal is dead. It's not an industry anymore. And besides, most of our energy in the United States today comes from renewable energies. It doesn't come from coal. It doesn't come from gas. It doesn't come from anything. It's come from renewable energies. And people still don't realize that. They still think it's coal that heats up everything. When I was a kid, 
And my parents moved into this house. Uh, it had a cold furnace. And every day when I came home from school, I had to shovel the coal into the furnace. Yes, you wouldn't imagine that. <laughs> it's Charles Dickens' time. Yeah. And I had to, literally, I came home from school, and there was a coal bin, and I had to put on a mask, and I had to shovel coal. This and is I in did, Hyde Park. Yeah. I, had to, I did it for four years before my parents finally got a, a gas furnace. That's that's ancient history because Sergio is uh, almost as old as I am. So and the, and and he addresses the issue of making the transition to clean energy. The problem is we still haven't done it with automobiles yet, and that's a, a major contributor to greenhouse gases. Uh, and we still have all kinds of other things that are being pumped in there. And now we've, as we mentioned earlier on the show, we, we're releasing carbon dioxide and methane in parts of the world where it's been stored underground for millennia. Yeah. And we have no idea what's going to happen. And, and you raise that point about uh, emissions from automobiles. Uh, California, on its own, independently, is trying to uh, set up standards that limit the amount of emissions and force car manufacturers uh, to be better on this subject. Uh, Donald Trump's administration is fighting that, saying the states don't have the right, follow me on this, uh, to just uh, deviate from federal law. This is interesting. When but the automobiles it, are working, uh, manufacturers are working with California. Working with California. It's interesting that Donald Trump picked, I know, they, no, that's a whole other he, he picks and chooses because in the the, the the next breath they say uh well we shouldn't have one federal policy on protecting our uh, election system from the russians we should allow each state to have to that's why right. uh, so it's interesting they pick, they pick and, and, choose. and choose on that yeah, yeah but you're absolutely correct and this gets in the economics of it the auto manufacturers realize that manu consumers are going to want to move away from these automobiles that uh, consume so much gas and so they want to be encouraged uh, to to head in that direction so they can beat Chinese competitors on this front or competitors from other countries. And Trump's acting against it. It makes no sense on any uh, front, any way you look at it. I want Trump to take on the sixth largest economy in the world. I think that would be really an interesting battle, don't well, you think? Yeah. I mean, he's already doing You're it. You're talking about the state of California. I'm talking about the state of California. Yeah. Well, you, uh, you think they're going to succeed <laughs> with this, the governor? is trying to get Trump off the ballot because one of the rules is that you have to release your tax yes. right. your tax forms. All right, let me break the what he's talking about. Monroe and I were briefly talking about that off uh, off mic. Gavin Newsom, the governor of the state of California, signed a bill that uh, had previously been passed by the legislature there that requires any candidate, following this people, any candidate who's running in a primary a uh, to uh, release his or her income taxes, and that would include one, Donnie John Trump, who has uh, refused to release his income taxes. So therefore, he would be prohibited from running in the Republican primary in California uh, under this law. Now, Donald Trump will, and the Republicans will invariably challenge this law, Sergio. So yeah, it could be uh, it could be um, overturned by a judge. Uh, I am saying that Donald Trump realistically will never win California. So why even run there in the first place? And this would, to me, I hope he does that because it would underscore the utter lunacy of our electoral college system. This is the one thing I agree with Buttigieg on. He wants to get rid of the electoral well, college. The, the only thing is that what I, what I, right, he was never, he's, he's never, never he, he, he doesn't need California. California. Yeah. He doesn't need right. the votes from California. Everybody about that well, too, actually. Well, well, I was thinking about even just denying him those votes. 
Yes. It's, that's what I think what they're just going for. He, of course, he won't win California, but just even de- denying him the votes, he wouldn't get any votes. It would just be a little extra help I agree. I'm to the opponent. Wouldn't you love to see California zero? Yeah, you know, I would love it. But votes. I'll tell you what, if you want to see Donald Trump uh, uh, sweating bullets, let's see the Texas governor sign that bill. Suddenly, t- he can't run in Texas. You get what I, or he can't run in Ohio. Well, but he, that's not going to happen no, there, no, buddy. No, but yes, it's not going to happen. New York. New York. New York, he's not going to win New York No, either. no, but New York, outside of New York City. Outside of New York City, New York is, upstate New York is very conservative. Yeah, but no, Dem- you know, no Republican is What about Illinois? He, he doesn't care about Illinois. If, if it were in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Texas, Florida, Arizona, I mean, these are The point states. is, it's not going to happen. Yes. We're only talking about deep blue states. Yes. Where you're, right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I love it anyway. I love it anyway. I, mean, I love it anyway. And also, is any possibility that Florida next time around could be in play? All right. It definitely will be. And we will be talking about that next time you're on the show. Okay. I have to, uh, we have to take off, but before we do, we need to know a little bit uh, about uh, the um, Black Harvest Film Festival and what Mike Novak's up to. We'll start with you, Sergio. Please tell folks about the Black Harvest Film Festival. Well, uh, it starts this Saturday to the 29th of August. Uh, this is our 25th year for the Black Harvest Film Festival. It is one of the one of the two longest running black film festivals in the United States, aside from Pan-African Film Festival, one of the longest black film festivals in the world. Maybe uh, and maybe just one of the longest film festivals. I was just going to say, why well, take take <laughs> yeah. black out of that? Black, set? I was going to say, take the black yeah. out of it too. Yeah. Uh, aside from can or something. I We're, think you're longer well, than can. You know, no, Cannes is longer. Oh, is it? has been around since, my God. Oh, I I, I see what you're saying. Okay, my bad. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, we did our best to put together a hell of a schedule this year. And uh, we got a lot of good movies and we got panels and uh, most, maybe 98% of the filmmakers who are coming are uh, going to uh, uh, be there. By the way, closing night. Uh, the movie, the 25th anniversary screen of Crooklyn, it's being sponsored by the Chicago Reader. All right, yeah, woo. our worlds are coming together. Right, <laughs> one of my favorite movies, by the right. way. Top 20. And and uh, on opening night, we're doing something special because usually what we have done for the past 10 years or so is show a series of short films that will be shown later during the festival in, in shorts programs. Mm-hmm. This time we had a competition, and we had for black filmmakers in the Midwest to, and we presented them with grants to make a film, especially for a 25th anniversary. Not about the festival itself, but uh, and all these shorts are going to be world premieres this Saturday. I haven't even seen them myself. So, the, so this is really special. Five world premieres of five short films commissioned by us uh, that will, you know, later be shown again during the festival by five talented filmmakers, three from Chicago, one from Ohio. And I forgot what the fourth yeah. one. By the way, the last one. black man in San Francisco, great flick. I saw that. That's gonna yeah. Be that's also flick. it's not really part of Black Harvest, but it's but in the it's book. Sh- we're showing it at the same time. Uh, it's an excellent flick, and uh, and, uh, and the Tony really Morrison good. documentary also yes. at the same time. Uh, and so, folks, uh, if you want information on it, where go should they go? To Cisco S I S K E L, as in Gene, right? CiscoFilmCenter.org. You could download the entire schedule. You can um, you can. Um, 
show people the uh, schedule. You can pick up the <laughs> Gazette, the schedule, anywhere, uh, in a lot of places all over Chicago. And uh, you can also order tickets. If you want opening night, it's almost sold out. And I will tell you something. If there's any film or movies you have se- that you're interested in, get your tickets as soon as possible. I'm not kidding, because it sells out fast. It sells fast. out fast. And I got my tickets for Crooklyn, thanks to uh, Sergio. I can't wait. Uh, and uh, so we'll be talking more as the month unfolds about Black Harvest Film Festival. I'm a big supporter of it, and I'm really happy that the reader uh, is sponsoring uh, the um, Crooklyn. It's, one, it's great. Flick I should say that opening night is being sponsored by Chaz Ebert. Oh, wow. Okay. That's pretty cool. And and uh, as a closing night is you guys. All right. Uh, and Mike Novak, tell people everything they should know about you, how they can follow you and watch your show, uh, listen to your show, everything. All right. Uh, the Mike Novak Show, Sundays. Uh, actually, the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, uh, who is also, uh, she's my co-host and the publisher of Natural Awakening Chicago Magazine. Um, and um, we're on Sunday mornings, 9 to 11 a.m. on WCGO. 1590 and 959 and uh you can catch us on podcasts uh we just added a couple of stations in uh, missouri okay uh that's correct that's in your (laughs) (laughs) muller agrees (laughs) which parts of missouri we had to we had to vet him through muller just to let you know uh springfield lebanon area oh my god i used to i used to work at 11 and radio station are you kidding kjel 103.7 uh, yeah, I did local uh, news and country music. We uh, this is KBN. A lot of meth going on in there, but anyway. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, to the be used an opinion of Doctor D, yeah. or the, and they all coming to Lollapalooza. So anyway, the idea the the meth is so much better now. Just letting you know. Danny. Oh, okay. okay, all right, all right. Uh, KBNN seven fifty. Uh, I don't know if you know have oh. ever heard of them, and then one in Waynesville. Oh yeah, I I did ba- a basketball game in Waynesville. <laughs> Oh my goodness! And let me just say though, the Mike Novak show. I've uh, when I first started at that station, I don't want to talk about so, it. Yeah, that's yeah. where I first met Mike Novak, and all you radio people out there, no one. I swear to God, no one does a live read like Mike Novak. No, Novak <laughs> is the man. I don't know, uh, Sergio, if you know this, uh, but uh, he used to work with Wally Miller, well, uh, Wally Phillips. What Wally did Phillips. I say? Mm-hmm. Wally, Wally Miller. God, yeah. I don't Wally Phillips. Looking at this, Wally Phillips way back in the day at uh, WGN. Yeah, the legendary Wally. The legendary Wally Phillips. Yes. Wally right. Phillips. I was Mick Howard Miller and Wally. I am getting old, folks. Uh, and I got to tell you, I got to tell you, recently I uh, I was on uh, WGN uh, with John Williams, uh, who does, who's, I guess he's on six days a week now. And uh, I hadn't been to GN in 10 years. And I worked oh, there. You have been in the new place. Yeah, I was in the new place. And uh, it... We, we talked about the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards, which my show and a bunch of organizations are putting together. We're, we're, we're in the process of judging gardens all over the city of Chicago right now. And if 43 different wards entered uh, their gardens, or, or at least gardens from 43 different wards. And we're going to do that in October. But I went to WGN, and I, I had forgotten that there's money in the halls. I mean, like $20 bills. You just scoop stuff up as, <laughs> as you go because yeah. there's so much yeah, money. Yeah, so Denny, you would love to work oh, there because yeah, it's yeah. just, yeah, it's just, they're just, I forgot how big they are, okay? Yeah, just how huge. big and how much money is involved in that. It's one, just amazing. One day they'll probably steal young Dennis from me, and it'll be a sad day in my life. But uh, I don't. And you know, I don't. Folks, I don't game. think folks know this, but Ben Jarofsky never leaves this studio. Here's he's here twenty four seven. Oh yeah, and and they bring in food, and there's a, there's a chamber pot in the corner there, 
and uh, yeah, this is how Ben works. And then the guests just kind of come parading in. in. They just keep parading in and out, and and it's it's kind of like job of the hut here no, in the, in the, it's at my the little station. room yeah. here, our little room here, just on the way from the bathroom. They got us conveniently and the emergency exit. And oh, the emergency. I'm exit. impressed. I don't know how, where you get the stamina to do this. Ah uh, man, I love this. You got the same room. meds that Bernie took last yes, night. Is that meds? And guys, we we go off. We take about 15 minutes, and we're bringing in that Tarantino discussion. I can't wait. Anyway. Okay, can I? Can I? One more, just one more quick thing. Shout out, congratulations to the state of Illinois. They just uh, signed a bill yesterday. Pritzker signed a bill that will um, clean up coal ash in the state, which is a, a big deal because the Trump administration is trying at the same time mm-hmm. to relax coal ash regulations. He's gutted the EPA. And, but the state of Illinois stepped up and, and a couple of sponsors, I don't know if they've been on your show before, State Senator Scott Bennett, State Representative Carol Ammons. Carol um, Ammons, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Good friend of the Ben Jarofsky show. Yeah. yeah. And so shout outs to them and to a bunch of uh, Organizations, environmental organizations, uh, who who stepped up like Eco Justice Collaborative, Environmental Integrity Project, Earth Justice, Prairie Rivers Network, and Sierra Club, and they got that passed. All right, very good. Oh, That's and JB Pritzker's weighing in on that. I'm JB Pritzker, and I'm not a perfect person. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Novak, Sergio Mims, Leah, great job, Monroe Anderson earlier, of course, and of course the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of Alton, Illinois, behind the board, and, and Mike, Waynesville, Missouri, and Waynesville, and Mike and Sergio, you both know what they call them back in Alton, white lightning. <laughs> yes, indeed. Not true at all. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. <laughs> hey, and remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows and bonus interviews at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites, chicago.suntimes.com forward slash Jarofsky, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you download your favorite podcasts. Hey, downloaders, you know we live stream the show? Yeah, it's true. Tuesdays through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel. We'll leave you with a clip from the debate, Marianne Williamson. Ms. Williamson, what's your response on the Flint water crisis? My response on the Flint water crisis is that Flint is just the tip of the iceberg. I was recently in Denmark, South Carolina, where it is, there is a lot of talk about it being the next Flint. We, we have an administration that has gutted the Clean Water Act. We have communities, particularly communities of color and disadvantaged communities all over this country who are suffering from environmental injustice. I assure you, I lived in Gross Point. What happened in Flint would not have happened in Gross Point. This is part of the dark underbelly of American society. The racism, the bigotry, and the entire that we're having here tonight, if you think any of this wonkiness is going to deal with this dark psychic force of the collectivized hatred that this president is bringing up in this country, then I'm afraid that the Democrats are going to see some very dark days. We need to say it like it is. It's bigger than Flint. It's all over this country. It's particularly people of color. It's particularly people who do not have the money to fight back. And if the Democrats don't start saying it, then why would those people feel that they're there for us? And if those people don't feel it, they won't vote for us. And Donald Trump will win.